G'day listeners and welcome back to the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and those that are going to bring value to your draft Keeper Leagues. My name's Hollywood Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Case. How you going, mate? I was going to lead in with that, but no need. The ego is growing in this room, listeners. It is growing. It is growing. Honestly, man, I thought I like I had to fight through like a swag of fans out the front to get into the house tonight. Like, well, that's unusual. That's they're not usually there. What's what's happening? Well, oh, if you've been living under a rock, I'll forgive you. But like, honestly, this video that you and have uh, you and Doss have produced has gone fire, man. I have no idea what video you're talking about. Come on, Hollywood. Don't oh, be- you mean you mean this one? Now. Man, come on. Now, I once called you the second most influential person in fantasy football. <laughs> I think you might be number one now. I think you've knocked Paul Warney off. I Like, you've got managed to get a video with, uh, you know, AFL Fantasy's favourite video maker or song maker, Doss. You managed to then sneak in Warney, Roy and- Calvin. Calvin. I know so, how much you listen to the traders. Yes, from DT Talk. <laughs> Even Lack Dog from the super coach kind of realms. Yeah. You are- I was on the coaches panel. You are- you. Yeah. Where aren't you? I'm everywhere, man. You're even on the AFL website. Like, what is going on, man? This is just doing my um, bit. Just doing my bit to grow this podcast, mate. Just looking after you and me. Oh, I hope it's. <laughs> I hope I'm included in this looking after because I feel that you know, like you know, I might just be slightly on the out. It will be the keeper league with Hef featuring K's or something like that. Oh, you're happy to come along with the ride, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just. I'm happy to be the passenger. It's <laughs> okay, all fine. Good, good. All right. Uh, well, we'll- so he's not denying any of it, listeners. He loves the attention. Yeah, well, and the power. I don't want to bring. Uh, I don't want to bring uh, too many podcast politics into this, but you know, there's probably one person pulling the weight more than the other. But uh, I'm happy to have you, Kays, and I couldn't do it without you. So. I don't think that <laughs> anyone would be surprised that uh, 99% of the heavy lifting's done by you. But you know, yeah, good. It's a team. Good, exactly. It's still a team. Doesn't yes, matter. Yes. I, yeah, every Batman needs his Robin. Correct. And I'm the happy shit, to be Robin. Shit sidekick. I'm happy no to be Robin. <laughs> and that's you. All right. So we'll get stuck in the podcast in a sec. We better talk about Remedy Kumbucha because they've come on board to look after our listeners. Yeah. Finally, we say this but, is awesome. Uh, it's not just looking after us or the you know the talent up the front. Uh, they started to look after our listeners. So what they've done is created a um, discount code yep. for you listeners. So if you guys actually want to get on board and you know drink a remedy kombucha while you're listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. you can use uh, the buy code or the coupon code um, Keeper Twenty yep. at checkout on the Remedy website. So I think it's remedy.com.au/au/shop. I mm-hmm. think if not, just Google it. You'll find it. Everyone yeah. knows how to find websites these days. Twenty percent um, off. 20, 20% off all orders, I'm pretty sure it is. That's amazing. So, yeah, if you're keen to get on board, they'll look after you. Directly shipped to your door? Yeah, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, well, don't so have to think, good. unless you like, you know, the postman rocks up and pretends like he's actually knocked on the door and hasn't and then takes Just it Just watch out for that postman sneaking a, a remedy out of your six pack too. Well, they're pretty bloody good. But yeah, yeah you know. Can't and, blame him. You know, and if you buy some, it makes us look pretty good as well. So <laughs> like, We'll take it. Yeah, it might, uh, might help us, you know, uh, in the future or, you know, with sponsors and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, you know. Get, get on board, look after us, hey, look after Remedy. Getting and, a tasty drink. Yeah, and get a you know delicious drink, India. All right, Kays, what are we doing this week? Rightio, we're going to do uh, a little intra-club, or not intra-club, the uh, the trial trial matches, I suppose, that yeah, happened over matches, the weekend. The practice called. over matches, yes. Yeah. So, the ones that aren't official, so I don't have any stats or anything, but uh, I suppose you've had a watch of most of them, Hef. I uh, have had a few things on over the weekend with my impending wedding on this weekend. So, you're going to be- I you were l- impending doom. No, impending wedding. <laughs> okay. It's going to be a great day. <laughs> um, 
coming up this weekend, so you've probably a bit more over it. But I've picked a few games apart in terms of you know guys I think will be uh, in and around some draft leagues, and we should be talking about for keeper league relevance too. And then what we're going to get into a couple of weeks ago, we uh, did our podcasters league draft. So um, we got a ten team league. We keep twenty, put twenty back in the pool, and obviously we draft twenty again. So um, we'll kind of dissect our teams from that league. Uh, I was the winner last year. Uh, you were what runner up, I think. I thought you were going to claim winner of the draft. I was winner of the draft and winner of the league last year. Yeah, holy damn. I reckon I'm top three I of the draft. I can't wait till people see Surprisingly, DOS drafted quite well. I don't I think don't I drafted very well yeah. at all. <laughs> DOS probably won. But um, yeah, we're going to go through that. Uh, dissect probably the best and worst pick of each team, just so we kind of can give you guys a bit of a feel of where we think people should be drafted when you're doing a keeper league redraft. And then on Friday, I will have the full um, draft. I have everyone's teams or best. Um, I'll probably put up everyone's best 18 mm-hmm. up, and then uh, I will put everyone's draft picks. In, yeah. the, in the on the website as well in an article for you guys to have a look at and uh, put in a table so you can sort it and do all that kind of stuff as Cause well. Because the cool thing about this is like a lot of stuff online, you'll see people's, you know, um, one-year league drafts or, you know, like your yeah, regular yeah. redrafts, whereas this one is like, all right, you've already got all the good players are gone. This what is, are you doing? What's what's, what are people's focuses? So hopefully this helps you uh, listeners who are out there going into your, maybe your second league of a, a, start, of a keeper draft or yeah. even just when you're going deep in your first league uh, of a keeper. All right, let's get stuck in. All right, Kays, uh, on the practice match now. A bit of a disclaimer at the top, I guess. Mm. They were pretty bad hours for you because you were working, so you probably yes. didn't get to see a lot of it, plus planning a wedding. Um, and I was working on a little video all last week. So I, oh, did have them, video. I did have them on in the background, but this is a big gripe I've had with these practice matches. Mm. When com- like So usually if I've got stuff to do around the house, whatever, I can mm. chuck the radio on, listen to the commentary, yep. or I can put it on the TV and you know do you mm. know make lunch or cook, yeah. um, clean the house, that sort of stuff as well. Mm. But the commentators in these things were just like, you know, let's get Rowan Marshall on to tell us some funny stories about his country life back home while this game's going on behind them that no one's even talking about and mm. you, I can't you know, see it or I can't, don't have a line of sight to the TV. Yeah. It's quite frustrating. So I wish they'd think of the fantasy coaches because the people watching this, like let's face it, the only people watching these games would be us fantasy types that are True. so keen on any nugget. So give the people what they want and give us some decent commentary so we can still follow the game. Or better still, on. invite someone like Hollywood Hef to me come on. and commentate Give me on. I would we'll love talk to about it from a that would actually be a pretty sweet little thing. I know Absolutely. that it's hard to do during the actual season, but yeah. get people who are from a fantasy perspective want to uh, chat through the trial games. I think that'd be killer. They should be purely geared towards fantasy, these things, because they're the only people. We're the only crazy people watching them. So. Fact. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll get stuck in. So, Western Bulldogs versus Hawthorne. Um, I watched uh, half of this, mm-hmm. so I'll tell you what I saw when I was watching. Now, I say half. I watched, like, probably bits and pieces Snippets. in and out. So, mm-hmm. this is the main things I noticed. So, Steph Martin. Mm-hmm. Okay, he played majority of the ruck time. I think it was probably about a seventy to eighty percent, you know, for Steph Martin, thirty to twenty around that for uh, Tim English. Looked really fit, so you know we've he's had back issues and things like that in the past, but he's actually moving around quite well. And I think he's someone you could get um, really cheap in drafts. But the reason why I've got him here, Kays, is because Tim English was playing so much time up forward, like I've marked all preseason. And I think it's a bit of a danger for the owners. So, all you're saying is he's up forward, still rucking, clunking marks, kicking goals, and his scoring's not going to change. All he does is doing he's it up barely forward barely rucking. And I don't think he's going to play Hawthorne every week where the Bulls are going to spend so much time on their forward line. So, now look, I do think, guys, this is a keeper league. I think Seth Martin's got one, two years. I think he's on a two-year contract. The Bulldogs obviously know that their window is wide yeah, open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they, they know that they can't really have... English in the ruck, losing all the taps for now. So, but he'll work on that, and he'll use Stefan Martin to actually improve and get better at winning taps and all that sort of stuff. But I'm just, yeah, I just think for the next two years, um, two years max, um, 
English might struggle a little bit, but if I was an owner, I'd still be holding on to him every I'm day. I'm still the keeping week. the yeah, faith, yeah, Timmy. Yeah, I'm not yeah. losing faith in you, big boy. Um, Paddy Lipinski, it was interesting. Um, he was part of the midfield rotation, which would have made a lot of coaches happy. He had 12 CBAs in total. And can I just thank, while I'm here, um, AFL Stats, mate, for mm. not only doing all these CBAs numbers, um, and that's Zanks, of course, who's actually going to be on the podcast next week. Yes. Um, live in Studio Hef. But uh, yeah, thanks, team, for doing the CBAs, but also just taking a few for us as mm. well that, uh, yeah, we couldn't, um, you know, manage to see and that sort of stuff as well. So, he was able to do that. So he give him a follow on Twitter. He's been bragging yeah. all day that he's got more followers than us now on Twitter. So um, give another one. Who cares? <laughs> His sort of follower has gone bananas lately. But the other good thing about um, what he did over the weekend was he gave a few snippets over some um, you know fantasy relevant players and some keeper leg relevant players too. So if you do want to catch up on all of those notes, jump on his Twitter. Absolutely. Um, so they're the only Bulldogs ones that I thought were either going to be relevant or that I really saw that I thought was relevant straight up. But um, Let's move on to some Hawthorne players. So, Connor Downey, like, he was on the wing. Now, we thought Phillips would be on the wing mm. for the majority of the season, but he was playing a really inside um, role. So, he was turning a lot of CBAs. Now, I think Mitchell was out. I think Shields was out as well. Um, so, we'll, we'll take that with a pinch of salt as to whether, you know, Phillips might go back to that wing and Downey might not play that same role come round one. But mm-hmm. he actually looked really, really, really good for, like, a first hit out for a rookie, especially someone that really hadn't played in 12 months. So... He's definitely worth a look for keeper leagues for, sh- uh, for sure because you want to stash a guy like that for future. Yeah. Um, I was meant to look up his underage fantasy scores and I did look them up, but I forgot to write them in here. But they weren't super high um, mm-hmm. compared to some of the other uh, players that have been drafted. But the style of game he was playing, he actually looked like he could be somewhat relevant down the track. But you can forgive those old stats for these kids because yeah, they didn't exactly. play any football last year. Yeah. So, you know, that's why it's so hard coming into this season to get a gauge of like a really good gauge on correct. where a first year player might be. But um, if you want to know the correct stats, go on, sign up as a member, go on the website, oh, yeah. and have a look at them because yeah. <laughs> they're there. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, Ben McAvoy. Now, this is something I flagged when we did the Hawthorne pod. Hmm. He's the captain, I said. He could just call the shots. He plays wherever he wants now. And I feel, I thought he'd go straight back in the ruck. Now, he was basically, basically used exclusively as a ruck. So, he was the number one ruck with Segler up forward. Mm-hmm. If he rotated anywhere, it was up forward with them um, and Segler would go in a little bit. So, he didn't really go back at all. Now, am I saying he'll never go back again? No, because I think he'll be a bit of a gap filler. Mm-hmm. But I think... The way he's kind of, um, I guess you'd use a classic term, he's underpriced and undervalued. But um, in, in, in our draft, people are, if they weren't watching and if they're not paying close attention to the uh, games that are going to happen this weekend, he might be someone that's going to be put back in the pool. Now, if you need a ruck or even a defender, he's going to be a really handy scorer, I think, uh, especially because you'll be able to get him, you know, probably in a lot of draft pools and, you know, mm, in definitely. like the kind of mid to early mm. ranges, depending on how close people have been watching uh, the preseason stuff. He could be a pretty handy one to have. So, Ben Mack was definitely one to keep an eye on. Uh, James Cousins, he got pretty busy, uh, had a few touches and it looked to be kind of vital to their midfield mix. Now, I know there was a couple missing, but he had a good end to last season as well. And yep. I like, kind of like guys that, you know, have a really consistent end to a year because you could see a breakout coming into the next year. So, I reckon James Cousins is definitely one to keep your eye on this weekend and see how he goes. I'm an ex-owner of James Cousins a couple of years ago. He was on the precipice of being my keepers maybe two years ago. What I loved and from his junior stuff for his VFL numbers had a big high ceiling too. So, yeah. if he can actually get the game time in that midfield, he's definitely one should be on everyone's radar. Definitely got scoring potential for yeah. sure. Uh, Dylan Moore is pretty similar. Um, mm, you know, yep. also looked kind of like he fit in that midfield as well. Definitely didn't look out of place. And he had 13 CBAs, but yeah, you got it. Like I said before, you got to remember there was no Mitchell, no Shield, um, Shields, sorry. Um, so, you know, that could be a factor as well for these guys, but there's something to look at this weekend. 
Um, Will Day, uh, he just did Will Day things, really. Just floated across half back. Um, Scrimshaw was out as well, but just patrolled around there and kind of used the ball pretty well coming out of defense. So he looks like he's going to be a fantasy player for mine. He's got really good junior fantasy numbers, average over, I think it was 108 in the uh, Sandful under 18s. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's definitely, uh, if you've, oh, he's not going to be in many drafts if he was snapped up last year. I've got him on my rookie list, thankfully. So I'll get a bonus keeper out of that one, which is great. Um, Luke Bruce is another one. So he was definitely playing more midfield time. And Alistair Clarkson did hint this. And, and like, you know, in a normal year, I'd say, so what, it's Luke Bruce, who cares? Not mm-hmm. on the radar. But with the scarcity forwards, it's definitely something that you need to consider this year because he could be a pretty handy pickup. Um, sorry, did you- No, I was just going to say, no, oh. I'm, I'm kind of in agreement because at yeah. 30 years of age and with with a team like Hawthorne who are obviously going to have to blood a lot of kids into that midfield, they're going to rely on someone like Luke Bruce to come into that midfield at times and, yep. you know, just put a bit of a steadier in things. So, yeah, for sure. Um, definitely worth a, uh, a pick in a draft. And um, Lachlan McNeil, he was another one that looked impressive uh, throughout the game. But- for the dogs. Uh, wrong game. Sorry. Yep. I've definitely. I've no, you just forgot to add him with the dogs persons. My bad. Oh, that's right. Is too. Um, yeah. So Lockie McNeil is uh, from the dog. Sorry. Um, looks impressive. Um, listed as a, a mid, but he was playing forward. So, um, yeah, you kind of want the opposite. So, um, he averaged 69 in the, the Sanford league last year. Pretty good, uh, like numbers. Um, is he a younger player? No, he's a yeah, bit older. He missed out on yeah. the draft year. I'm keen on yeah, him, yeah. man. I'm keen on him. He turned up in the SNFL grand final and okay. kicked a few goals. Well, that's so pretty handy. He is one who is ready to go straight away if the dogs want to use him. Okay. He's Let's- one of my smokies. All right. That's okay. Mm. I am I wasn't as sold just because listed as a midfielder playing forward. I don't think you're going to get really great scores out of him. But I don't know. If he cracks into that side for the uh, dogs, then yeah. Probably a fantasy classic pick if he's playing round one, I'd reckon. Yep, for sure. Uh, Carlton Essendon at the lovely time of like 11 o'clock on a Thursday, just like most nine to fivers want. <laughs> but uh, watching some of the highlights, look, uh, I'll start off with my bombers. Nick Hind, um, we were kind of figuring out in our preseason reviews or previews where he might be playing. Uh, good to see him land off the halfback flank. So uh, obviously that's what they recruited him for once we've lost Saad and McKenna back there. Uh, so seem to be playing some good footy off that halfback line, provides a bit of dash. So one to definitely monitor. Here's a forward in. In, um, in, alt- in sorry fantasy. So if he can get that B back forward DPP, could be a very very uh, smart acquisition. Dyson Heppel played half back too. So another one if you are hoping that uh, someone like him can pick up DPP if you do need some backs, maybe one to target. The good thing is there's going to be a lot of football down that Essendon backline I think this year. And if he is that prime mover out of there, the the quarterback as such uh, might be one to look at in a draft uh, with a bit more value than your normal. Aging mid. Didn't rack up as much as I thought he would, but when he had it, he did look pretty convincing with the ball. So, um, yeah, I think he's definitely going to play that role because there's just a lack of options down there. Mm. Whether the fantasy scoring is going to be huge from him, I'm not sure, but I don't think it's going to be terrible. Like, it's going to be at least 80 plus. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a yeah. lock. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and if it's more, it's it's better for you. I yeah, think. yeah. Uh, Ned Kale went back as well. So, another interesting uh, player that Dons are putting in that back line. Uh, look, still a bit of a jury's out for me. It'll be interesting to see him play this week with, uh, you know, a bit more of a real trial game aspect, but um, definitely one who's um, a possible to draft late in your uh, keeper legs. On to a few more of the, um, I suppose, the better players. Jai Coldwell, 22 oh, out of 27 CBAs. button here. So, uh, you'll be licking your lips. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like he'll be holding forward status next GF, but uh, look- very, very positive signs. Just flag up this year. It's fine. <laughs> and the other one is Darcy Parrish, who's always that guy who's floating around, you know, making a keeper cut list and that kind of thing. But he had 17 out of 27 CBAs too, which is probably a good sign for him going forward because if he's playing in the midfield, he's going to be good. If he's trapped out on that wing, it's not as appetizing. 
Do you think fantasy coaches are going to be happy with this kind of wanting him to regain forward status though? It's not going to happen, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's just tough. It's tough because this year, like, you have to keep an 80 average midfielder if you yeah. want to have a So, what's he going to average this year is what I'm um, Probably 90. Okay. I think he's going to be one of those those mids yeah. who is just always that. They're great, but they're always going to be an M5 or yeah. something like that, where it's like- You must run too, as a forward, that's Yeah, for sure. they're almost too good to drop. I, I don't see him getting that forward status back, I nah, don't think, um, with the Bombers lineup. Uh, on to some of the, the bigger guys. So, obviously, Waterman, Jones, and Wright were the, the three key forwards up there, all played in tandem at times. Look, I think um, Alec Waterman, the new recruit as of today, and um, Harry Jones are probably more classic options just because, you know, they're not going to- be really, really big scorers, which you'll need in a in a keeper league or a draft league. But I think Peter Wright might be a play in some deeper leagues. Uh, obviously, has the forward status, and uh, if he, I think he'll be the, probably the more um, pivotal player up the forward line uh, for um, for the Bombers. So if he can kind of kick a few goals each week, you know, when he was playing at the Suns, he actually had a pretty good average. He was like almost yeah, like a seventy eighty average. Yeah. Kind of so season, if yeah. he can actually get a crack at it, I'm pretty confident he can he can score. And the last one for the Bombers is Nick Cox. So. Our new recruit uh, they've put him out in the wing um, basically tall enough to come into a to a key post but they've let him run on that wing and I think if you can stash him that's the play this year do you think do you think he actually plays on the wing this year because he does look kind of he looks a bit little fat like sorry skinny yeah, fat yeah, yeah and uh, look It'll be interesting to see if they play him. Like, I hope they play him this week where we get a good yeah, look at him yeah. and get to see some of his stats. But for me, I'm super keen on if you can rookie list him in our league or if you can stash him in a in a long-term keeper, he's one I'd have my eyes on for sure. For sure. What about some Blues players? Uh, a few Blues players. Warning bells, Hef, for Lockie Fogarty. Yeah, one out of 27 centre bounces attended. Yep. He's dropping off my radar very quickly. So, you were all in. I think- Did you press the My Boy button on him? No. I think you- Oh, you probably made me because I've oh, talked to him for go. years. Here we you, go. You forced that on me, mate. But, so uh, look, he's just going into that I pool. saw in the show doc somewhere you've got My Boy written here somewhere against a player who's not even my boy. Somewhere in here. It's probably him and you probably <laughs> pressed the button, so therefore, um, you're claiming it. But, uh, look, I'm a bit worried uh, if they've- Brought him over just to be another half forward flanker. That's danger sign. So big watch on him this weekend. Look, Harry Mackay. Fingers crossed that his ankle's okay. I think he rolled it slightly on the weekend. But look, he's twenty three and he is ready to go. Bang! I think wherever you, all these articles are coming up saying that Harry Mackay is ready to explode this year. So look, as a forward option, I think I drafted him pretty late in the podcasters league. I think he's an easy, easy. Um, you know, uh, list filler who can potentially you could stream um, against some weaker sides. I reckon. Lastly, uh, I suppose we have to talk about Paddy Dow. Whoa, whoa, hold on, man. Can you hear that? Yeah, sorry, I definitely heard something there. Oh, I wasn't really sure what was going on. Pulling that shout again. <laughs> Hollywood. Anyway, <laughs> I'm still not sold. I'd like to see him this week. I'd like to see him play this week. But also, I think once you get into the real season, is he going to have that much midfield time is my big, big question mark with him. So, good to see him in the best 22, but I'm still not sold that he's going to be a, a genuine fantasy player just yet. Yeah, I'm uh, – nah, sorry. I think he's the greatest player of all time and I'm never going to doubt him. What I did like about him is he seemed like he had actually he looked like less of a child. He had a little bit of strength behind him and he was kind of breaking tackle, shrugging people off, don't argue on people. Uh, the goal he kicked, he kind of like broke through. A, it's almost like he took it in midair, broke through a pack and got on the boot. It uh, looked really impressive. Oh, great. He's playing Essendon in a trial trial match. <laughs> I know, I know. But they're, they're Carlton. So, I guess Carlton are probably a little yeah. bit better these All days. Right. Well, how like would you be taking, would you be drafting him if he was in a league? Yeah, definitely. Would you but- be drafting him high? 
Like, are we talking? He's all over right just now, like after, first round hype. After this week, you might be contractually obliged <laughs> to after your video. I was thinking about it, just how bad my forward line looks. Not bad, but I'm missing. Like, I need a fourth forward. All right, and if he if he towers up this week again. Um, I would maybe go like in our draft where we keep 16, 16 kept for each team, 12 mm-hmm. teams, maybe like third or fourth round as like try to get him as my last forward or something like that. All right. What about you've got a choice between Paddy Dow and Bailey Scott? Oh, For me, they're almost like the same player. I think Bailey- should, should be better, but I haven't been. I think Bailey Scott- is a safer pick because he doesn't isn't, hasn't been as injured and he kind of looks like he's best 22 at the end of last year where Paddy Dow, can you say he's over any injury issue and is he definitely best 22? I don't think so. Yeah, you might be able to say one of those two things, but yeah, I don't know. The Yeah, um, I'll probably still go Bailey Scott if oh, he's there. But suck on that, Paddy. I'm very I'm very excited about Paddy Dow, especially oh, we after go. the weekend. Oh. As you might have tell, seeing though the song came out about him. <laughs> Next game, uh, North Melbourne versus uh, St Kilda. I said that like a Victorian. Then I said Melbourne. That's weird. Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, Tom Power uh, looks like he'll be in for round one. So it was smooth. He's clean use of the ball, and he was an elite fantasy scorer in the juniors. So sample under 18s. Um, but we do have to kind of realise that Anderson and Cunnington uh, will coming back into that side. So you know, I, I do want to apologise to anyone. Because there's quite a few people going Phillips or Power for all this mm. off season, and I've been saying tough one, but I'd go Phillips. Looks like he's more ready made. Mm. Uh, Power didn't play any seniors. That kind of worries me. That sort mm. of stuff. Changing platoon now. I told you. You, did, you said I was a I liar said, when I said that last week. I said I, no, no. Last week I said I, I heard Kaltumi say the same. So, like I, I had little doubt that he would be wrong. But at the same time, I, I just found it still. I don't know. I still couldn't see how, but after the weekend, now I actually understand. So, yeah. The other thing I saw today is Ben Cunnington has a bit of an injury cloud over him as well. So, oh, surprise, that could surprise. be big news. That's really good for like, Jed Anderson owners because mm-hmm. I was really worried about him coming in and big, taking some of that grunt work. Big so, time. Even but, LDU. Yeah, you don't thing. want players to get injured, obviously, but it yeah. could favour them, those owners. Uh, Jane Stevenson, not as much midfield time as we mm. thought. Um, he used like a tiny bit on the wing, but mainly up forward, which is unusual because you thought North would need a bit more speed running through the guts there, and he's got that, but maybe they provide something up forward. Maybe they're just trying a few things straight up. Wouldn't write him off completely just yet, but watch what happens this week. Look, I said they, they've said he's going to play in the midfield, so I think what come round one, I could almost bank on him getting some more midfield time. Yeah, maybe he just needed a bit of run or something like yeah. that, so who yeah. knows. Um, Zeeble, so he actually played off halfback, so mm. I believe the hype, I guess. Yeah. Um, didn't have a huge Huge impact though. He took some kickouts, but um, mainly um, uh, McDonald was doing this. So, and McDonald, by the way, K's looked like his role hadn't changed, which was he was just yeah. It's only a trial, trial match. <laughs> Still, he was racking them up. Um, I'm not sure if Zebel was actually going to be a good scorer off the halfback. Now, I just had a bit of a look through, and really, he's only been a good scorer when he's playing a bit of midfield time hmm. in that. If he's not playing that midfield time, he hasn't really scored that well in the past. So, it's going to be interesting. If he's got a free reeling role at half yeah. halfback, you know, like. Yeah. I'm just like, as a forward pickup in a year where forwards are slim, I think he provides a bit. Yeah. He's not going to be playing in the North Melbourne forward line. He's going to be playing in the back back line and it's going to be down there a lot. Not just like, not always though, because the ball's down there a lot means there's going to be good fantasy scorers. Well, it helps them being in the forward line. Like, yeah, but like, you look someone like Rory Laird, like, yes, good fantasy scorer, but he was doing that when Crows were good. You know what I mean? It doesn't really change much. Yeah. yeah. It's the ease of the ball for those defenders. But I'm keen on Zebel. Yeah, I'm, I'm keen on Zebel. I'm not given his age, given the fact that he probably won't keep forward status, given the fact that he has not really scored well playing outside of the midfield before. 
I'm just it's not someone. But we'll we'll see where you took him in our in mm. our draft case, mm. and we'll let the uh, listeners judge that one. Yes, uh, Jack Lazaro, the uh, the lizard. So he looked good through the midfield. Um, as mentioned though, there was a few out. Uh, average seventy seven in the NAB league, and um, that was as a bottom major though. So it's not too bad. So, um, but yeah, like a lot of people would be just jumping on board, especially because of the classic hype. You know, we finally got a few rookies we can look at. But let's just wait and see because I think Demont was out as well. So yeah, Demont, yeah. Cunnington, um, Anderson, all out. So let's wait and see what happens to their back before we get go too nuts for keeper leagues. Mm-hmm. Um. AFL Fantasy Classic people, um, you know, let's see what happens because if he's named, he's probably going to be a good cheap option. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom Highmore. So, a lot of people were talking about him after his performance last week uh, in mm-hmm. their internal trial, but he set out the first half, so it's probably not good signs if uh, you're coming into round one. Um, and then he found a little bit of it when he came in, but yeah, like I said, not sure if he's actually best 22 because Jack Sinclair um, looked to mm. be jumping. And then a lot of talk about Patton's role as well, along mm. with uh, Jimmy Webster was another one that they've yeah. kind of floated along that in that position. So I think he comes down the pecking order a little bit, but yeah, Sinclair looked to be used across halfback and he could probably, he looks most likely to fill that role um, that Patton left. But everyone's talking about, yeah, Patton, he's like someone's going to get that role. Patton wasn't a huge scorer. Patton so. was an like he he's was okay. he, he was on the up and he was yeah, twenty one. Yeah. But yeah, like I, to be honest, if if Jack Sinclair can kind of play that role, uh, he becomes draftable for me. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, Jack Higgins now he looked good. Case um, he definitely didn't spend as much. He wrote midfield. him off. <laughs> didn't that? Nah, look, hear me out. Didn't spend as uh, much time in the midfield uh, as what he did the week prior in the uh, in this in the internal trial. But um, he was at that kind of pretty balanced between you know forward and then had a bit of a run through the midfield. But I may have to change my tune a little thing oh, a little bit because oh, oh, I don't oh. think he was. Well, I don't. The only thing I've written him off is that he will get those to those junior fantasy heights that everyone yeah, talks about. Okay. I've, I've written that off more more so than anything. Mm. But I think he could actually be a legit forward option because he's the type that will keep forward status and get sent through the midfield. So mm. um, yeah, if he could get to get around, you know, get you an. 80 average, you'd be super happy with that. Oh, yeah. And he could go higher in the future as well once he actually gets a decent run at things and gets the health correct and, um, you know, gets himself uh, right for AFL footy, mm-hmm. especially at a new club. I think I'm, I'm changing my tune. I reckon he's definitely draftable. Well, he's always kind of been draftable, but you know what I mean. Like, I'm, I'm happy with him. Uh, Jack Bytel, he did some really nice things. Um, I think the midfield is still going to be tough to crack come yeah. round one, but yep. he was one that uh, has some, a decent fantasy pedigree at junior level, so a lot of people talk about him. But uh, Watch I think. List. Was he the one that he the, he was the one that spent his draft year out injured and racked up big scores the year before, and yeah. so everyone thought coming into his mm-hmm. senior year would be great. Um, of, yeah, and we've been drafted. waiting and yeah, waiting and exactly. waiting. So, um, but yeah, Paddy Ryder he looked good without Marshall, but you know track how long Marshall was actually going to be out for because I think Brent Ratton said he's only going to miss one round, mm-hmm. which with the foot stuff, who knows? Especially yeah, with a big fella. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think Paddy Ryder if if Marshall does miss more, um, could be a real steal for teams that pushing for a flag, especially if like us you pay play utilities. Mm-hmm. Um, you can chuck a ruck down there that kind of runs around the midfield all day, and it's like you can actually play a second ruck um, yep. and on, on your field and it's actually can actually be quite handy. So if you play utilities or you're pushing for a flag, I think Paddy Ryder might be a, a decent option for, a, you know, you're not going to keep him, but for a single season, almost like a loan type thing yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. to have him in there. But anyway, that's what I saw. Let's move on. Uh, Pies v. Cats. Um, on the weekend, Brandon Parfit, a bit of a, uh, you know, fantasy always potentially breaking out contender, was one of their best, had 11 out of 24 CBAs too. So, you know, good to see him get a go in there, hopefully with, um, you know, I suppose Dangerfield's been injured. You know, Ablett's gone. I don't think Higgins was playing on the weekend. So, you know, good to see him in there. So, keep monitoring him if you are an owner there. But on the back is that there was a lot of people missing. So. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem with these kind of games. But, uh 
What I did like, Jordan Clark playing off the wing. So I'd love to see him out there. He's a very, very good player, even attended five center bounces. So if he can slot in on a wing or a halfback flank it, flank there, sorry, at the Cats, um, I'd be seriously looking heavy into him. If he kind of popped up in our league, I'd be snapping him early for sure. Uh, Tommy Atkins is the other one. So uh, played a lot up forward last year, um, has racked up a fair few points in the midfield uh, in the VFL, but they started him off the half-back line this week, which was very interesting. Interesting to see if they play him uh, this week in a proper trial game off there too. You know, um, Zach Tui missed on the weekend as well. So, uh, one to monitor because he has a forward status. I'm still not necessarily sold on he's going to be a big, big scorer. But look, if he can actually get some game time and probably play backline, he's a bit more uh, fantasy friendly than that forward pocket role that he was stuck in last year. And lastly, Charlie Constable. The missing man from Geelong had 14 out of 24 CBAs. So, see what happens come yeah. round one. But uh, look, I suppose in the positives, it's good to see him in there. Will he start there round one? Hell no. As it like the four Geelong players you mentioned there, Clark and Atkins, mm. I'm pretty excited to see this year. Yep. Parfit and Constable, I don't think you can read too much into their game. I think you can be positive about Parfit you because yeah, he's, he's actually proven his best 22. Yeah, whereas Charlie true. Constable, you know, people might be like 14 out of 24. But Sell then, the house, he's in my team. But and then, then it's you like, know, with no, Parfit, when you bring in your Isaac Smith, you bring in your Higgins. And, yeah. no, I'm still very confident on Parfit, but Constable, just watch out. Even this week, don't get too sucked in, I don't think. Okay. Uh, on to the pies. Speaking of guys to maybe not get sucked in, Braden Sire, 13 out of 24 CBAs. But if you look at every AFL, you know, journalist's best 22, he's sitting in there. Uh, I still find that amazing considering he's got a long way to come back from. I think he's going to um, – they're going to persist with him. He's one of those type of players that, like, we need to actually start playing with you. And we're probably – and, and Colin would probably think we're probably the reason why you're not kind of up to scratch at the moment right Fair now point. as well. So, yeah. um, I think they are going to actually invest some time into him this year and actually give him a chance to prove himself. So, I think that's positive for Sire. interesting to see how many people keep someone like Sire. Don't think many people will keep, to be honest. But he's definitely someone worth taking a punt on in the draft. Early? Round three, four, that kind of thing? Maybe. Depends how your midfield looks. I think the upside's too good. But we then saw what you he could do always in, get you know, let down. Yeah. yeah. So. Really, really tough one to gauge, but we'll definitely yeah. watch his role this week. Uh, John Noble was very good off a halfback flank and through the wing. So, uh, just another one, a bit of a keeper league favourite, uh, Johnny Noble. Just always plays consistent footy. So. Ever since he got drafted in that mid-season draft, we've yeah. kind of been on him. So. Oh, he's been fantastic. Yeah. So, a good one, if, especially if you're just looking for a guy who plays week in, week out yeah. and is very solid. John Noble's that guy. His fantasy scoring was awesome at West Adelaide and that's kind of where we'd kind of picked our interest. And when mm-hmm. we saw he got drafted, we thought he could actually make mm-hmm. it at AFL level and I still think he can. Yeah, oh, he's scorer. doing very very, very yeah. well. Uh, Jamie Elliott bobbed up, kick, th- kicked uh, three snags and had some midfield time. So, one we're a bit wary too, Hef, because we see him kind of regressing into that forward line because they're going to have to start playing a few more kids and give Sire a go, that kind of thing. Yeah. Probably won't be as midfield uh, friendly come well, round one. Can I just say that he basically played that role last year, you know, mm-hmm. midfield, more probably more midfield than forward. Yeah. And, you know, yes, good, he kicked three goals, but he's not going to do that every week. And I think... Even if he does continue his midfield time, he's already shown that he's not really a scorer as a result anyway. So. I'm not, not a big scorer. Yeah, As yeah. a forward, like, you'd, oh, you'd yeah, take yeah, him sure, late. Sure. You can take him late and be a good cover. But it's but not like he's suddenly going to average 100. Nah, and he's late 20s, so, yeah, you know, exactly. it's not worth the investment. Yeah. Someone who might be worth the investment is Ollie Henry. Now, he was probably the pick of the youngsters for, for Collingwood there. Even their assistant coach, Hayden Skipworth, said he's in the frame for a round one game. Now, keep that in mind because there's a lot of guys who consistently ask us about Trent Bianco, Trey Rusco, all these kind of guys who got drafted uh, two years ago, 
didn't really see him last year in the COVID year. So, it's really hard. But when you get someone like Ollie Henry come in and kind of jump them potentially for a round one spot. I think he's going to play this week again as well. Maybe call your jets on your bankos, that kind of thing. Like... Fantasy Classic, sure, you know, they might be around the mark, but... Didn't Bianco play and get a few CBAs he as did. well? He oh, did. I didn't get many CBAs, oh, but didn't Ollie he? Henry was the pick of those kind of kids. So, oh, okay. Um, interesting. Just, yeah. I, I'm still keen to monitor those kind of Bianco, Rusco, those kind of crew, even Caleb Poulter if he does get a chance, but um, keep Ollie Henry in the back of your mind because he might be the one who who jumps him. I think I, the only thing I remember, because I've, yeah, like again, drifting in and out of this game, I saw him kick a goal and he looked quite composed like the way with, you know, he went about getting the ball and putting mm-hmm. it through. So, yeah, he looked okay, but uh, yeah, that's all I really saw. Um, let's move on to GWS Giants versus the Sydney Swans. Uh, Chad Warner is a guy I want to talk about. Now, this guy made our top uh, fantasy draftees last year, mm. um, 2019, at the end of 2019. Yes. Um, so, he had three CBAs only, but he played mainly up and down the wing. Um, played a leading role in that midfield brigade, though. So, around the ground, he was actually quite um, involved in the play. Um, he averaged 107.1 in the Waffle Colts so in 2019. So, he is definitely one to keep an eye on. But the thing is with this... Sydney group of youngsters, mm. there's so many of them. It's really hard to know who's going to be the go-to and who's the one that's going to be getting the right roles. Big time. Yeah. I'm very, very happy I've got Chad Warner on my rookie list too, who's now being retained after the injury to Ben Patton. So, I've got another year to kind of just monitor him and then see what goes from there as a free kind of kick for a keeper, you know, next year. But uh, look, his junior numbers are so good, which is why I kind of picked him up. So, interesting to see what happens. But I do agree. There's a lot of good midfielders in that side. Yeah. Well, speaking of good midfielders, especially at junior level, Errol Golden. Now, did he make our top 10 or was he in the honourable mentions? I don't know. He was your boy as he far was, as I was he concerned. Was clo- if he wasn't in the top 10, he was very close. Um, but he was definitely mentioned on the, um, ca- mm, um, the definitely Fantasy Draftees yeah. podcast. Um, but he really looked like he belonged at the AFL level. So, he was very clean with the ball and he just ran all day. It felt like he just pushed to every contest. Um, another great junior fantasy scorer. So, that's why he made the pod. Um, 106.7 in the NAB league he scored. I think, I don't know if he made the top 10 because we're a bit concerned about his frame and whether he'd be best 22 early, but it looks like he's actually going to be. So I'm, and I did actually get on board in the uh, podcast as draft. I picked him up. So um, he might be named round one. And if he does, um, you know, in keeper leagues, it's irrelevant anyway if he's named round one because you're going to draft him for his future fantasy potential, which he's got a lot of. So oh, I'd be getting on board, Errol Gordon. Um, question. Yeah. Apparently he was better than Brain Campbell. Truth or false? Uh, Braden Campbell at his best, like when Braden Campbell, like so Braden Campbell was quite good early and then faded off a bit. Mm-hmm. I think Braden Campbell showed probably a little bit more class maybe, but just didn't do it as often, like for as long in the period sure. of the game. I think that's probably more. Sure. I think. I think I agree with myself there. <laughs> well, at least you get another look at him on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, they're both, they're both very good. So, um, yeah, we'll speak about Braden Campbell. So, he had a fair bit of it early and he was just using the ball really well and made just great decisions with the ball in hand. Um, yeah, I reckon he'll be on the round one side as well, Kays. And he averaged 91 as an underager in the NAB League. So, in 2019, so this is this is big. Like, uh, 91 as an underager. I guess Goulden was bigger, but he was playing for um, the academy squad. Actually, mm. no, so was Campbell. But, um, yeah, so he was a mid-forward um, in the draft year. But he spent more time in defense um, in this game. And I think it might be to cover Mills, but mm-hmm. also kind of, you know, they like getting players behind the ball and just reading the play and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I'm not sure if he spends, like, his whole career in defense. But he might for this year. So, he could be interesting to actually draft and he might have a decent defender. You probably want him as a forward, but it doesn't look like he's going to play um, there. So, maybe he's not someone you draft as a forward you know, for the term. future, but yeah. he probably end up in the midfield if anywhere. But yeah, it was really good to watch. So, it's really exciting because I don't know. I think all preseason we've been thinking about, oh, let's not get too excited about the rookies because they didn't play last year. But I don't know. It looks like there's going to be a lot of options there. Good footballers, good footballer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
sort of comes down yeah. to, I suppose. Yeah, and they're and you know they're all in the same playing field as well. But you like, just want the exposed yeah. form, which we didn't get last year. Yeah. So like this is why last week and this weekend is going to be so good because you actually get to see these kids play football properly. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's move on to one of my boys just smashing the button here. Uh, Nick Blakey uh, playing on the wing. So he didn't have any CBAs like he did at the end of last season. So we thought he might actually be going into an inside role, but definitely it looked like he's playing on the wing a bit more. Um, he's built the tank, I think, which we talked about last week to play the role. He didn't really look like he was getting as gassed as he was last year. Um, not sure how this works though for, you know, Florent, McHenry, Golden, Blakey um, in that in that mix all together. Um, I'm like, you know, there's only two wings. So mm-hmm. who gets them? Um, I'm still sceptical of his role on the back of that because it could have just been a bit of a trial to see how he's going. And he might be more used to Sydney up forward considering some of those other names. But Florent wasn't great. Um, Goulden is young. McInerney didn't play. So who knows how it's going to work out. But, uh, yeah, like I'd still be a little bit sceptical. I'm not selling the house yet or, you know, remortgaging. To he's invest. your keeper, you told me. He's in my keepers, yeah, for Ooh. sure. Well, I, but that's purely because like, I could keep him or Carl Amon and I could probably pick up a player that does exactly what Carl Amon does yeah. in the draft as a midfielder. I don't know if I get a forward that has the potential that Blakey has. Um, James Rowbottom, um, he showed a bit. He had five CBAs, spent a bit of time up forward, which is promising for those who um, need the DPP, I guess. But uh, Warner was playing a pretty similar type of role as well, so he could rotate with him because they do play similar type of uh, positions. Now, Tom Hickey. Mm. A guy I never thought I'd even recommend, but I reckon he would be worth just a real late, sneaky, late, late, late pick, like maybe a last pick in the draft because he wasn't terrible. And mm-hmm. we know the Sydney Ruck history with the injuries and stuff Horrible. like that. Horrible. They battle a lot. Like last year, they were using Alira Lear a lot. Um, mm. He's not even there anymore. So I think they've definitely recruited him break glass in case of emergency, but I wouldn't be surprised if he actually plays early. Um, and if, he, if injuries hit, then he actually could be serviceable. And yeah, like knowing Sydney, an injury is probably going to hit a Ruckman. So. Get uh, get around him and, uh, you know, if he's there late, probably worth a, a, a look just because a bit of ruck back up as well, but has a bit of potential there. And like I said, if we're playing, if you're playing utilities and you can play two rucks on the ground like we can and he does become the number one ruck, might be handy in that spot. Um, Isaac coming, So definitely didn't look out of place. He was pretty composed. Took basically all the kick-ins as well. So I think he's best 22 on the back of that. So looks really promising, especially on those kick-in numbers. But another guy, Case, who you mm-hmm. have uh, recently mm-hmm. recruited to your side in a yes. trade, um, and that's Lockie Ash. And I also think he is best 22. And he just looked really composed out there. Like He was super impressive. And he just felt like... It was weird, like, you know, he's a second-year player, but he looked like didn't look like he was a second-year player. He looked like he was well, or a second-year player that played, like, majority of the year last mm. year. Um, yeah, he was very, very good out there. And I think what was kind of exciting, or not exciting because it wasn't great to watch, but GWS's game plan, um, we, we've talked about this a bit, a bit on the pod, how they really struggled to get the ball moving forward. And generally, if they can't find a target, which they have been struggling with, and now with Jerry, no Jeremy Cameron, they've got even less to hit up forward, they seem to chip it around quite a bit in their back line. So this is great for fantasy score. Hello, Lucky. <laughs> oh, that's creepy, but, uh, you know, good trade by you. What would you give up for him? Oh, um, round seven pick or something like that? I thought it was Burton. Nah. Oh, round seven pick. That's pretty good. Um, Jake Riccardi. So... Uh, yeah, I won't bother expanding our pick system, but you can't. Yeah, you would have had to get something back, but who cares? Um, Jake Riccardi, um, he has a few tricks for a big man. Um, wasn't, you know, super on fire, fantasy perspective or even from a footy perspective, but, and I think he kicked a nice goal early and uh, showed that he probably has enough to be best 22. And I say this because Himmelberg was kind of playing the centre half forward role, mm-hmm. but Finlayson was kind of backup Ruckman for a lot of the day. So I think they'll use him um, a lot in the Ruck. And so. 
Yeah, I guess Riccardi was the true full forward there, and we've seen what he can produce um, on a good day. He can definitely go big. But Finlayson was an interesting one because, like, yeah, he spent some time helping out Flynn in the ruck, and he might be another one that'd be worth a late pick, especially, you know, you need some forwards. If he's getting that ruck role, we saw what, like, Westhoff did when he played a ruck role two or three years ago. Um, was actually really, really handy. I think he averaged close to a 90 in AFL fantasy. So, yeah. Um, the thing with Finlayson as well, he had a bit of a fantasy game before he, you know, moved up forward because he was initially like a tall kind of running third defender. tall defender. Yeah. Um, but he could actually, you know, get on the move as well and, you know, one of those hybrid types. So, uh, I've got a bit of interest in Finlayson, kind of similar to Hickey. Like if they're there late, um, it might be worth a look. Okay. Uh, Matthew Flynn, um, seems like GWS uh, are going to roll with him. Um because I don't think they want to play um, Mumford. I don't know why I keep mm. blanking out when I talk about his name. Um, anyway, uh, but th- that said, he lost most of the hitouts uh, hit to Hickey. So, um, will be a classic uh, hype type of player because uh, he's cheap and will play. But Bruce will come back eventually. And Can we bring that in? Right if now? Tom Hickey wins a hit out, it's a hick out. Hick out, yeah, like that. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of a hick out there. Um, yeah, but like Bruce will come back eventually. So, what does yeah. this say for his future? How safe is his job? You might get... A decent, you know, you won't even get a decent season out of him this year. You would just get a guy, a warm body on the field playing yep. a role. Um, and then Bruce will come back and, yeah, agree take there. Over. Um, Tanner Bruin is another one that's got a bit of a classic hype. Um, looks impressive, but uh, probably won't get the midfield time. Um, he got. Um, you know, at the moment, um, this to be to be relevant this year, probably be playing it forward a bit more. So, um, yeah, might be um, might be waiting a while before he comes a fantasy star. But he showed that he could play it at the level and probably want to stash for future if you can. All right, guys, I need a drink, so. The showdown. Just, yeah, just talk about it or something about it. I've got a sore throat. Well, you've written 86,000 <laughs> notes. That's your problem. <laughs> that joke's never going to get old, is it? <laughs> uh, look, there, there was 26 Port Adelaide players playing and he's happened to read. He's written about 28 of them. That's that is how. a lie. I've got, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's <laughs> quite a few. Fuck. <laughs> a lot of fantasy-relevant players at Port Adelaide. Hit um, us, Hef. Let's get stuck in. So, uh, Connor Rosie, foot looked fine to me. Um, good split between forward and midfield. And I'm starting to grow in confidence that he'll actually be a forward for the future. Now, last week I doubted... Um, uh, the assistant coach that I should know the name of. Michael um, Voss? No, the one that you spoke to the Crows, the defender, Bassa. I can't, what, my name, my Lucky I'm here. I've, in all honesty, I've had three hours sleep last night. So, uh, so yeah. happens when you, you know, doing um, live crosses <laughs> to America, to France, you know, speaking about your new video. Yeah, I had a meeting last night um, and then uh, did some, uh, the show doc after that and then did some social media stuff for today. So just burning the candle at both ends, mate. It's really good for my health and it's uh, my brain showing. You're allowed to sleep, man. It's okay. I know, I know. Then, gonna, you'll be as, then you'll be as sharp as me. After this, I'm going to sleep for like the next, well, till my kid wakes me up, which is probably <laughs> 5 a.m., but uh, it's going to be great. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I think he's got to be a forward because we talked about Bassett last week saying that probably going to be the one in the midfield. I didn't believe it, but then I saw this week and now I believe it. So, um, Butters definitely looked like he was the one spending more time in the midfield. So, that's good signs for rosy owners that want him to keep the forward status. Mm-hmm. Means he probably won't have as high ceiling this year, but you'll keep forward status for another year and you'll have a good forward going into next year as well. So, um, yeah, I think um, he's definitely a good option no matter what. Uh, Zach Butters, we just kind of briefly talked about, but yeah, definitely spent heaps more time in the midfield. He was a bit quiet early, but um, worked in the game really nice. He was probably best on ground by the end as well. It's going to be an awesome forward option this year, just may not hold status for future. So just, I don't know, if you've got him now, you probably want to capitalize on him as a forward. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to say about that. Ratio Fantasia. Yeah. Um, he kicked a few goals and he was actually pretty lively up forward. Um, I think he's best 22 now. Um, I was a bit skeptical earlier. Um, the fantasy scoring, though, probably not going to be great. He might be a serviceable, say, F5 
bench cover would be probably ideal, but depending on how your fours look uh, this year, you might have to play them on field. Um, you could even be an F4 if you, like if you think the dollar. back forward DPP this you year could be, well. Yeah, you could actually be a defender. But so, I don't think – I think you'd probably find better options for your yeah, back that's true. fifth back. Um, anyway, Lockie Jones. So, he'll probably play early and he looked better than he did in the internal trial. He's a big boy. He runs through blokes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not going to expect huge scores from him in fantasy though. I think he's – Somewhat of a quality over quantity type and can play a lockdown role pretty well that. too. Don't say that. He's going to be a gun. He's, what, he's, I can't he's wait saying to draft quality. He's can't quantity wait to draft quality. him and then add him to my bus. What's bad about saying quality over quantity? That's a compliment. Really? We're, we're a fantasy podcast. Mm. I still think he's going to be good, but yeah. Um, he might have to play some lockdown roles because that's the strength of his game. Miles um, Bergman, um, he looked okay. Um, playing a defense despite being listed as a forward, which was uh, you tipped for that last week, so yes. good call by you. Um, I see him still on the fringe though. Like, There's nothing against him as a player, and I think he's actually got a lot of potential. It's just mm. Port have every, – every position he's good at, whether it be forward or that running defender, we have huge depth in those areas. Out of every single player who's getting preseason hype, Bergman, do not listen to yeah, because not not because he's as he said not because he's not a good player. It's because he's not going to play at Port Adelaide. Like there's no spot for him. Not consistently enough to be an option. So no. like in your classic formats, he won't play consistently enough to, to really warrant a selection. And for your keeper league stuff, like he might be good for a future pick. Yes, but he's a stash. Yeah, definitely a stash. He's a stash. Uh, Willem Drew. So look, Ebert's role is up for grabs since he's uh, retiring. But and he can go forward, Willem Drew. But I think Fantasia takes the forward role that kind of Ebert was leaving and everyone's kind of getting a bit excited because he took a few CBAs but I still don't see him as best 22 because Power Pepper was out um, and I think that's the role that he plays week in week out so I think he's just filling for that weekend but like I said this is what I guess kind of Port's depth he's he's quite a good player to have there and he is super capable I think he was a really good Sandful fantasy scorer mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago last yeah. year he had an injury affected year last year um, and he did good forward status in fantasy I think last year as well but, the other thing yeah. Power Pepper is injured and but it's not a super bad injury like they reckon he'll be round one still back for round one yeah but still like he always what, what hasn't was, it? Had, was it a thumb or something like he that? hasn't always been the fittest guy hasn't always had the best luck with injuries has he Power Pepper I think he's been pretty reasonable well, I think it's more so he kind I of think you can draft Willem Drew and there's a fair chance that he might play Power Pepper's got dropped a few times is what yeah. you, probably what you thought like earlier yeah. on um, but yeah I, I don't know like I think Willem Drew is just going to be back up for Port Adelaide but a few injuries he might get a run so probably worth ha- having like late as a late pick in case there is injuries because he could play in the midfield and could go okay um Carl Amon is just a really solid player, like in fantasy, that is. So he's a pretty good ball user. So Port will want to use him with the ball in hand, um, you know, throughout their games and stuff like that. But I can't see him being more than like an 80 averager. But that said, he's like in drafts every year. And, you know, if you play around the mid-range keeper mark like we do with 16 – if he's your seventeenth, eighteenth man on field, it's not the worst option. No, it's yeah. Not. So I'm, I'm. Fine he's always going to be in a draft. Though. Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm putting him back because I, if I don't get him, I'll get someone else that averages as he's a midfield averages bang on the eighty. No yeah. worries. Like yeah. it's just what happens. Um. So it's just kind of not quite, you know, at the keeper level, but he's still a handy player to have. Uh, Peter Adams, he played the ruck forward role and he played it pretty well. Um, he's going to be pretty handy, I think, considering the forward depth. He's pretty skillful for a bigger guy. He just doesn't really win the hitouts enough to kind of warrant being a full-time Ruckman because I think if he was actually a good tight Ruckman, he would probably be Port's number one Ruckman over Lycett and would probably opt for, um, you know, just using Dixon as a pitch hitter and stuff like that. So, and then now we've got a Lear as well. But I think because um, he's not great in the middle, he's going to be used up forward because I think we do want to play him or we do, we do want to play three tools up forward. And I think the combination is probably going to be Marshall, Laddams and Dixon up there. So, 
Yeah, I think he's going to be pretty handy for a forward and he'll keep forward, should keep forward status going forward. You want to get him in that year where he either transitions into the full-time Ruttman or um, uh, Lysa gets injured for a bit, he might transfer there as well. So if that does happen, he's going to be pretty handy. So I'm saying don't pray for injuries, but if an injury does happen, he's going to be handy in that regard. Uh, let's look at Adelaide. So they were pretty, pretty dismal to watch. <laughs> um, but, you know, they started actually pretty well. But, uh, yeah, um, ended up getting a flogging by the end. And do we play him again this week? I'm really not yeah. up to date. Yeah, they've changed it. No longer. Yeah, that's right. Down at the uh, – we call it the shoe park because I think no longer – there's a team called the Nolunga Shoes, which shoes. is in the, in the amateur or the, the Southern League. So, get out to any shoes listeners listening, but we call it shoe park down there. Um, anyway, uh, Jackson Haightley. He was uh, quiet despite attending a heap of CBAs. Mm. So maybe Laird in the midfield taking up what we expected of him. I don't really know. I think – don't worry. I think Jackson Hayley is going to be fine long-term. I have no doubts about that. And he's a defender in ultimate footy, isn't he? Yeah, it's ridiculous. So that's absolutely gold for the owners this ridiculous. year. Um, and I think by next year, if he doesn't have a great year this year, he'll probably lose defender status in ultimate footy. He doesn't have it in classic anyway or the AFL fantasy format anyway, but – I think going forward he's going to be fine. So don't stress about him even if he's not doing well. Plus it's one game. Um, he did look pretty like solid the week before in the scrap practice match when he played against him themselves, which probably isn't the most positive thing to think about. But uh, look, just give him another chance this weekend. See how he goes. Don't write him off or anything just yet because he's, he's class. Uh, Lucky Scholl was really decent again and it's hard to tell if he was playing a halfback or a wing because he seems to just roll up and down the outside of the mm-hmm. park. Um, with Miller out as well, um, rest in peace, uh, He might um, it might help him take another step like going forwards. So. I want stocks in show now because of that injury. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Like he's the guy. Yeah, he's definitely going to- like- If he wasn't the guy already, he's now that Miller is gone. So, uh, get your hands on Lucky Shull if you can. Absolutely. Um, Harry Schoenberg. Now, as a footballer, case, and I've always said this, he's actually okay. He's very but good. He's up forward, forward for quite a bit of the game, but um, he did get he did get a run through the midfield as the game went on, more of a run. But up on the first half, I think- in the first quarter, he touched it like maybe twice, but he kicked the goal, which was really nice as well. So he looked quite good. Um, but I just don't think he's getting as much midfield time as you thought he might. Second year, my friend. Just play the long game <laughs> with the boy. I just I can't. See. He's just too big and bulky to be no, one of those. Not. He's huge. slimmed down. He's a power uh, athlete. He has slimmed down a he's bit. He's mini Mark Rashudo. But I don't know if that suits him. Um, I just can't see him being a huge fantasy. Keep the I faith, guys. That's all. Don't listen to him. I think he'll be a very good player. Don't listen to him. I think he's going to be a good don't player. Don't listen to him. I think he's going to be like Ollie Wines, where it's like. He's good, but not superstar fantasy. Well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Anyway, um, Andrew McPherson, um, he was pretty solid in defense, and I'm not sure if his score would have been huge, but he really looks like a fantasy type. So he just plays the right type of running defender game, uses the ball pretty well, the kind of type that you know you want him in, in the ball in the hands. With Laird moving out of that um, defensive post as well, I think it might be handy for him. And he should kind of – well, he seemed like he consolidated his best 22 position last year. So you'd expect um, you know him to play every round this year. So I'd be – I'd be looking at him for sure. Let's see what he does this weekend. Now, Case. Ben mm-hmm. Case. Yes. Probably best on ground. Like, yes. As much as I give him shit and give you shit about him, what I really like about him is he just does like the unsexy jobs for the team. He always has a crack. Yeah, absolutely smashes in. And he might not be the player racking up like all the touches, but he does a job on a player or he will just absolutely throw best himself team man for there. the next 10 years. Yeah, exactly. Now- let me ask you though: Does that really spell out good fantasy scoring? As Didn't a he kick owner? two goals and get a heap of touches and get all these centre bounces? You're just writing him off just because you hate him. I don't hate him. He love him because he came on the podcast. But I just like again. I just don't think he's the fantasy. T- as a forward, it was a great like. Now you proved me so wrong last year. I did not expect yes. that he would do that as a forward. Words but out of your mouth, a sweet, sweet nectar to my ears. Is he going to go 
bigger and better this year, I'm not sure. Look, everyone is talking about as that he's, he is going as good as he's ever been. I want to see yeah. him this week. I want to see some stats taken. Yeah. I want to see – I want some I want some hard data. That's Same, what I want. Because, like, he looks really good out there. I'm just not sure if the Quest Fantasy is going. That's all. That's but all he's going to play 22 games this year. Yeah, he will. He'll play yeah. every week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Yeah. Get him bored. Yeah. What he's a legend. Both, like, he's impressed me from a footballing perspective, like heaps in the first like two headouts we've seen of him. Mm. Just not sure if he's impressed me fantasy-wise. That's Oh, all. he will. Don't okay. worry. Okay. He's a slow burner, but he'll get you. Because he came on the podcast, I want to be wrong, you know? I'm, Come I'm, on, Benny. I'm, I want to love him. Prove him wrong. <laughs> Prove him wrong. <laughs> all right. Let's go. You've got you're the last two games. Last two games. Uh, Frio v West Coast. So, uh, just an interesting one there that Nathan Vardy rucked in the absence of Nick Nat there. Now, uh, there was a bit of talk pre-season that um, Bailey Williams would be would be the kind of the number one ruck in waiting once Nick Nat is gone. But uh, interesting to see that Vardy has stepped into that role. Obviously, once Nick Nat's back, you know, I don't think we're going to see too much Vardy. Can I touch on that? That's mm. probably more so they were thinking that Nick Nat would still play the whole year and things like that. Like, Williams has still probably got a bit of development to go, so he's yeah. probably not ready to just jump in straight away, but yeah. But I think Vardy's now that guy you need to take as yeah, a yeah, Nick Nat yeah. handcuff because say they do st- get to the point where they need to give Nick Nat a game off, yeah. I think it's going to be Vardy who comes straight in and is that number one Ruckman quite comfortably. So yeah. just make sure that you are um, have so that you do have Nathan Vardy in your mind with, uh, with owning Nick Nat. Liam Duggan, my boy, in and around the midfield, it's true. Obviously, there was no Tim Kelly, no Elliot Yo. But uh, eight centre bounce attendances uh, up and down the wing um, was in amongst it. So very, very good uh, a guy you should be getting in. And I think what I like because he's one if you can get in at the start of the year as a defender, it's going to be great because he's going to be scoring midfield kind of points. But I think once they get their full strength midfield back, he will naturally go back to that half back line. So you're going to keep him again as a defender next year. So um, a big, big... Um, Interest in Liam Duggan this year. Definitely. Uh, Jack Redden, another one that people were kind of writing off going- Jake uh, or Jack, mate? Jack. Did I say Jack? <laughs> I don't know. Jack, Jack Redden. Uh, people were writing him off saying he's gone, but he was very, very good last year. Uh, attended 14 of 22 CBAs on the weekend. Obviously, there's no um, Yoan Gaff as we saw, as I spoke about just before, but interesting to see him uh, actually attend the most CBAs out of any eagle on that game. So- I reckon he's still around the mark and he's going to be one who's going to be in every pool. So, just one you can probably get super late in a draft as, as um, cover for your midfield. Yeah, so especially keep with him the injuries mind. early. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Alex Witherden got a heap of it but turned it over also a heap of it. You just described his career. <laughs> yeah, so I'm worried because West Coast to that team and Adam Simpson's that guy, he doesn't tolerate mistakes. Mm. So, if you've got guys like Nelson or Duggan or Hearn or Shepard hitting targets out of defence, you're going to be playing over an accumulator like with it in any day of the week. So, I don't think he's a lock for their best 22, especially because the next guy, Josh Rotham, uh, was also very good out of defence. A great late option in drafts and I think he's a bit more of the class he's aware as with it and maybe a bit more of a burner of the ball. So, don't get on that Witherden train just yet. Play, I guess, kind of different roles. Rotham can lock down yeah, a little yeah, bit more. Of course, but Witherden, Witherden, I still think he plays around mine. I think I still think he'll be like you know, rusty, like first kid out of the year. I know he does have the history of being a bit of a burner of the ball, but and I don't see it changing too much. But I think, like it, from the, from the run he provides, you know, in the kind of meters gain, all that mm. sort of stuff, it does kind of negate that um, in some ways. So I do think he'll play it early. It's just if he keeps. If he does keep burning it, then I, he might be in trouble. I get that, but West Coast can win a flag, whereas, you know. Can they? Yes. Without Nick Nat? Why is Nick Nat not playing? Isn't he injured? No. Oh, why did you say that? Oh, sorry. He didn't play last week. Sorry, yeah. my bad. 
Hollywood. You're too busy doing videos. But anyway, they're not going to give a guy who burns a ball games over guys who consistently do the right thing. So, I'm just a big watch on Alex Witherden. Just very, very mindful of that. Uh, Oh, no. Sorry. I read the headline wrong. It was – yeah, don't worry. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I should actually read the articles and not the headlines. Well done, Hollywood. <laughs> he doesn't even have time to read an article. He's just a headline skimmer these days. That's how busy he is. Oh, but yeah. uh, Fremantle, Hayden Young, very, very solid off halfback. Um, will be playing that role all year. So definitely one to target if you do need a long-term defence option. I think Hayden Young is that guy. And lastly, Lloyd Meek. So no Sean Darcy and was the clear number one ruckman over Rory Lobb. So if you're a Lobb owner hoping that he might you know, end up playing a bit more ruck to boost up your forward numbers, no luck. But uh, if you're a Darcy owner, make sure you're getting a piece of Lloyd Meek because he's probably going to play the first few rounds of the season while Darcy gets back from injury. So um, make sure you've got your eyes on him. Now, Kays, I tried to watch the Brisbane versus Gold Coast uh, practice match today. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever tried watching an AFL game with no crowd and no commentary and some peanut in the crowd just yelling abuse at the umpire, <laughs> like at the top of his lungs, it is it's very hard to do. So I made it through a half and uh, then I had to write an article. So... I kind of turned it off, but um, yeah, I don't recommend it to be honest. I'm looking forward to just a few crowds and a bit of, yeah. a bit of decent commentary. Nice. It's yeah. going to be good. <laughs> this weekend's going to be a real treat. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Gold Coast v Brisbane, uh, interesting. Will Brody, 13 out of 26 CBAs. Do you trust that? I don't know how few watched half of it. Do you trust Will Brody to get a game round one or get a game this year? Uh, maybe get a game, but maybe just not play the role he did. Mm, and you need him playing the role. Yeah, exactly. You need him playing the role. Another guy you need playing the role is Darcy McPherson. Obviously, a couple of years ago, was really a breakout forward and then just showed absolutely nothing last year, just playing that small forward role and then getting dropped at times. He actually got nine CBAs in that game too, but uh, a few guys out of that side, a few guys playing half like Matt Rao. So, don't get too excited there. And if he does play, if he does make that team, he's going to be playing that small forward role. He's not going to be playing the midfield role like he got a couple of years ago. Oh, actually, I was going to say something about Will Brody, but I think there's a question about him later on. Um, touch on it then. Yeah, so I'll touch on it then. Yeah. Uh, Oleg Markov, the new recruit to the Suns, uh, provided a nice bit of dash off halfback. So obviously, we know uh, Jared Harbrow and Pierce Hanley no longer at the club, or one of them's on a the part time basis. So Markov should slot nicely into there. We didn't see the rat on the weekend, I don't think. So um, Markov potentially has the, the first crack of that halfback line. So he's one I reckon he can get super cheap down in the drafts. He's not going to be on many people's radars, but might be a nice little smart pickup late. Uh, Matty Rao returned to the game for the future pig. Uh, looked a little slow as we kind of expect, but uh, give him uh, this weekend to get into full gear and by round one, he'll be churning out 120s. Jack Lacocious made his way up to the wing. A bit interesting there, but uh, I think that might be a bit more of an experiment than anything. He was so good yeah. at centre-half back last week, uh, sorry, at last year. So, just monitor where he kind of starts this week in the trial. And Noah Anderson, I think me and you have both fully 100% committed that Noah Anderson is going to be an absolute jet. Yeah. Uh, full-time mid on yeah, that full-time trial game. inside mid as well. Like mm. he wasn't spending as much time outside as he was kind of last year as well. It's so. going to be a great time where it's going to be the Anderson and Rouse show in that midfield for a long time. Now, I see in the notes here you got Cam Rayner next. Now, I was mm-hmm. high on him as a forward and you taught me out of it and I feel bad for you letting you do that because he did look like and I just I, I, this wasn't even based on anything. I just had I said I had a gut feel yes. that he would spend more the rem, a remedy gut feel yes it was uh, it was that uh, <laughs> I, yeah yep keeper twenty uh, online shop yes um, that he would start spending more time in the in the midfield yes. and Zorko would probably spend a bit more time up mm-hmm. forward. Now it seems like it's actually happening. You've got so one does, right. Does anyone want me to like? feel anything else that's come to happen <laughs> like I can say it right now and it might happen 
Drink a remedy in and you'll see what your gut says. Yeah, okay. That's a good idea. Uh, so, do you think it's going to continue? I do. I do think he looked good. Like, I do think he's oh, – I only watched the first half, but some of the clearance work was just great. And it looks like he's like spent – like the whole summer training there, mm-hmm. and he's actually part of that rotation, part of their plans. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it does continue. And because, like, like I said, that's why the gut feel came is because someone's going to have to replace um, Zorko eventually because they're still mm-hmm. relying quite heavily in the midfield. And I just think he's going to be the guy. He has my full attention now, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, Tom Speaking Fullerton. Of full, full attention. Yeah. Oh, full good attention. One. Good pun. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Tommy Fullerton, the inside tip from Ben Keys, uh, had 11 of 26 CBAs. Now, I think Oscar McInerney is obviously going to get first crack at that ruck spot, but he could be just one that you need to make sure you're taking or just could be one to add on to your bench because um, if they do play in tandem, it will probably cause a few headaches for McInerney owners, but at the same time, might just give you an extra option in Tom Fullerton there. Uh, Eli Smith, lots of chat. It's his year to oh, finally Oh, this is the one debut. you've got Hef's boy written here and he's not even my boy. He is you your boy. You just force boys he's on me your and, boy. Then, and then tell me off for right, having too many if boys. If you've listened to the podcast at all in the last two years, <laughs> Hef will mention Eli Smith at any chance okay. he gets. I haven't mentioned Eli Smith because he never played, so I can't talk about Eli Smith. I might have talked him up. No, I don't even talked him up. In our, re, um, our pre-season Brisbane raps once. I, Twice, thrice. That's, well, he's only been in the. I'll go comp through the. Years. I'll go through the history, and we will definitely. But definitely, anyway. definitely talked him up on the uh, the twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Um, we'll go back draft through. We'll go back pod. through the history books, and we'll see that I'm. Anyway, it looks looks like it's warranted here. Yeah. Oh yeah, look, he's finally coming good. <laughs> Third year, might get a game, but yeah, he'll be a, a cheapie in AFL fantasy classic. But and also remember, one we talked up Devin Robinson last year as well. Yeah, and, uh, that worked come, out well. Well, no, I mean, like you know, they take a couple years of Brisbane because yeah, okay. they're so deep. Oh, so so sure. deep. But uh, yeah. one one guy you need to be taking is Joe Dan her on fire I think when we discussed uh, Brisbane in the preview this year I've got him down as a top 24 if he's fit and firing um easily can achieve that this year um it's going to be he's going to get a lot more better ball uh coming into him in that forward line will probably be the backup ruck I think that's even been touted at times yep. by Chris Fagan too so yep. um he's going to get some points there as well so if you can get a piece of Big Joe I would love it so that's probably like Tom Fullerton mm. is in strife there. yeah yeah because yeah. it does look like that's the way Sorry, they will roll. So, yeah. yeah, and Eric Hipwood just lastly looked to seem sorry seemed to perform a bit better with that. You know, less pressure. He's actually basically the second forward down there now. So yeah. with uh, Joey just taking with, the heat off. Yeah, so just one to monitor because he can get a few more cheap kicks, marks, goals. Goals, yeah. yeah. And like, I don't think I don't think he's going to be one that you, you go early on, but he's someone you can pick up late because he is that kind of athletic type. So he can kind of move pretty well and get on the end of a few and things like that. So yeah, I think he's just probably just going to improve a little bit. Hmm. Not huge, but probably still worth owning in a keeper league because he plays every week, which is handy when you have injuries and things like that. Yeah. Or, you know, the league decides to put uh, four, four or five buys um, <laughs> in our finals round and that sort of stuff. But I'm not holding any grudges against that. Oh. My preliminary final loss in one of my leagues last year. Here wasn't we in, go. Wasn't in any of leagues wearing together case, so nothing Good. against yours. Crime your river. Uh, I think in, a, in one of my leagues, I had 11 of my best 18 missing in, in the prelim weekend. Bad luck. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> don't expect you to, to be honest. All right. That uh, wraps up. That's kind of a round rewind, a practice yeah, match rewind. But basically. Anyway, that wraps up. And we'll move on to the Podcasters League draft. All right, Kays, let's go through uh, the Podcasters League draft. And, uh, yeah, we'll just have a look at some of the – 
We won't go through the teams in full, um, but what we'll do is we'll go through just where we thought some of the good picks were, some of the bad picks were for each team. But you've got a little announcement. Uh, I heard that you, after you've won the flag, yep. you've changed franchise, you've changed names of your team. What's to go there? Yeah, look, you know, uh, my last team name was so last year, so I wanted to kind of refresh it to rebrand it after rebrand after a flag. You know, oh. I'm a bit of a bit of a visionary like that. But uh, my new team name going into season 2021 is the Sunny Boys. Now. The name has come about is because I may have made a little bit of a, a trade after a few beers, but, you know, it was the first trade in the league's history, so uh, <laughs> I should goes, get around myself. That goes that. To, uh, to say a lot about this league. It's definitely a content league. It's almost like a, it's almost like a mock draft league, really. But, you know. We do play we, the season out because yeah. we have to um, we have to keep players each year. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's- It's not a really high trading league, but people are still competitive. League, yeah. But uh, anyway, I brought in Sun Sun Walters, Mickey Walters. I needed some forwards. I had Zip because I lost- uh, I think Rowbottom, Parrish, uh, Simpkin as forwards into turning into midfielders last year. Now, I traded out Hugh McLuggage. Now, you might be like, why the fuck did you trade that? Who did you trade him out for? Sun Sun Walters. Why? Because I needed a forward and I've got a million midfielders. Yeah, but like there was better forwards in the draft. Doesn't matter. I've got 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 a top 10 averaging forward for a guy who may not even make my midfield. I don't know if Sonny uh, Walter plays in the in the midfield anymore. Doesn't matter. It's they're my team. Roll, I was light on backs and forwards. I needed to make Jeez, a big just move. Doesn't just seem doesn't seem like a um a a, a a move a premiership coach that definitely didn't Stephen Bradbury the grand final would, would make. Bullshit. <laughs> now I've got a really strong forward line thanks to Sun Sun, and I don't need Hugh McLuggage because he's surplus to needs. So oh, no. anyway. That's what I was going on. Anyway, so what we're going to do is we're just going to, I'm going to go through every team's kind of best pick and worst pick. Just to kind of help you guys out, maybe get a grasp on, yeah, where people might be worth taking or what value you can find late in drafts. All right, so, let's do best and worst from my team first. Yes. Case. So I've got your best pick, round okay. 13. So this is round 13 out of 20. So overall, 33, round 33 and 329th pick overall. Jarman Impey, genuine steal. You reckon? Yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know if he's that much of a fantasy scorer, to be honest. But at round 13, I reckon yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, he's a fine. forward who's going to play back. He's He was coming good. I reckon that's a great pickup. Okay. Uh, your worst is round six, Jared Polek. Are you kidding me? Well, he may not even be best 22 at Kangaroos. But the thing is, right, how many how many do we play on field, case? No. Seven mids. We play 18 on our field, right? So, yeah, seven mids. All right. If he's I, picked him up at 20, mid. I picked him up at 26. Whoa. No, he's not even on my bench. If you got a guy like Jared Pollock that if he does play, oh, he will pick. score well. Yuck pick. Like it's not it's not even that bad. Like I don't actually he might expect score you eighty. Exactly. For a guy you pick up in the twenty sixth like round, twenty sixth no, overall. No. That's Poor. fine. Poor. That is fine. Because I don't even end up I don't even plan on using him, but he's just there, like in case of emergency. Like if he plays. Poor. It's fine. Poor. I think it's great. Um Look, upon reflection, I'm pretty happy with uh, Goulden mm-hmm. uh, in my side. I actually had the draft up here before, but I've just gone to my actual team. But uh, where did I pick up Goulden? Uh, picked him up uh, 32nd, so what's that, the 12th round. Um, 319th player picked overall. I guess I just picked him on the hype, uh, the hype that we created, I guess, and looking at his fantasy numbers. But I'm pretty happy with um, that uh, like going on the weekend. Um, but then upon reflection, I took um, Michael Gibbons uh, with my seventh pick overall, thinking forwards were pretty scarce. I'm even, not even sure if he's best 22 at the moment. I think he's a better pick wrong. than Joe Pollock. Uh, I don't. Well, yeah, they both probably won't play. So no, I, I'm I think Gibbons will play. I don't know. I, like the media best 22 who came out today. He's not in it. He didn't oh. play on the weekend, did he? Who cares? It's a trial game. Paddy Dow played. <laughs> Doesn't Paddy mean Dow. anything. Paddy Dow was like trial, two trial in the draft. <laughs> Michael Gibbons is a good player. Paddy Dow has yet to prove himself at all. 
I know, but he's young and a nah, pick two interested. in the draft. You were just saying. Not if, interested. If you had to pick a, a, like a team from scratch and you had a draft, you'd pick Michael Gibbons in like a draft over Paddy Dow. This year? Yeah. Wow. Paddy Dow's breaking out, man. Haven't you seen the song? Haven't you heard the song? Next. Anyway, <laughs> I'll go into my team, the Sunny Boys. Uh, I was very happy in round 11, so 310 overall to pick up Jackson Nelson. Um, very, very consistent defender. Um, could easily make his way into my keeper lists next year, especially if uh, a few guys move on. Uh, Hearn, especially in that in that side. I uh, probably went a bit too early, round 10, so pick 300 on Levi Kasbolt. Um, I went a bit early because I need a bit of right cover. I've got... Um, Jared, which is my main one, just thought Casbolt's proven himself over the last few years just to be a pretty handy scorer. He's got the ruck forward DPP, but probably could have waited another, you know, 50 picks and still would have got him, I reckon. Your first pick was Zebul, wasn't it? Yep. So that's like round 21, mm-hmm. first round for us, which yep. makes him, what's that, 200 and, where are you? You're here. Uh, which makes him for you, that makes him the 210th pick overall. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, it doesn't look that bad when you, when you look at it that way, but I think there was just better players available for you. Um, at that point, because like I said, I don't know how well he goes. I'm high on Zabel this year. I know year. you are, but he's just so old and not playing in a midfield Who cares? Role. I just need him to win me a flag this is year he even and that get old? out. He, I don't think he is that old. He's, he's like 29 or 30. Yeah, he just seems older than he is, yeah. What is he? A 30 years he's old. He's 30. Yeah, yeah. So he's he not just that turned bad. 30. Yeah, not that so bad. So he's being very rude to Jack Zabel. <laughs> he, he does seem Very, very rude. Um, I just can't see him scoring that well. I don't know. I, I'm, I could be proven wrong. I will probably be proven wrong. But, uh, yeah, it's not. So I just wouldn't have gone in there. Next team, the Seedsy Sextons, which is uh, Matt. So, I reckon his best pickup was round nine. So, pick 286 overall, Lockie Jones. Uh, for a guy who's had a fair bit of preseason hype, I reckon that's a very, very sweet spot to take Lockie Jones at midway through a, a keeper draft. I reckon that's a very nice pickup. The worst, though, he took Tom McCartan the round earlier, round eight, pick 276 overall. Yes, he's got back forward status, but at the same time, like, you could have taken him super, super late. I just don't know if he's got a massive fantasy game. Yes, he might pick up a few more points playing that centre-half back role, but at the same time, no, I think I think he's a, a 300-pluser if you're looking at that. Yeah, um, actually, looking at the draft, I think Ben Brown with your very last pick. Yeah, is he was my get. second like, pick is almost the pick of the – Pick of the bunch for him. Yeah, like uh, f- like 40, uh, yeah, round like 40. F- so, pick 20 for us in uh, round 20 yeah. in the draft. What's that? 396th yeah. player picked overall. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, he's if he gets on the park, he yeah, can yeah. score. Definitely. That's the, only, that's the only knock. Yeah. Um, probably like a round or two early on Shoal, but in hindsight, it's not actually that bad now. Nah. Miller has gone Shoal down, season now. At the time we did the draft, I thought it was probably a little bit early. Um, Zerha, which uh, went in round six, um, which is the 246th pick overall. I thought that was a pretty good get there as well, considering forward. He's probably going to roll through the midfield a bit this year. She did a bit on the weekend, had a few stints. I reckon. Oh, yeah. Zerha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on to Cam's potato. So, Cam from the draft doctors, his best pick was round 18, player 373, Nick Hind. I think that's a nice pickup as forward status um, and hopefully plays through that defence and, and score some good points there. How late but he got him, it's fine. Yeah, how, oh, that's, it's yeah. all about where you yeah. take them. So, exactly. I think that's a bargain at player 373. Yeah. But uh, his worst for me, easily, he went round one, so pick 203 on Finlay McRae. That is an absolute stretch if ever I've heard of one. Looking through Cam's draft, like, there's not a lot to like about it. Sorry, Cam. Um, I get, like, going on McRae early Why? in McRae because his, his team's rubbish, so you might as well just go for, like, someone that's, you know, Go for someone good like Braden Campbell or something like that. True, true. Fidley McRae, he's not even a full brother to Jack McRae. Yeah, there's been a – and there was just a bit of – What happens if his mum is the good 
Gene, no. and he's just got his dad genes. Who knows? Uh, so I'm saying Kyle Dunkley is a great pickup just because Josh is good at fantasy. Connor Downey, I think at 37, which was like around 17, could turn out to be a steal. Yeah, but yeah, there's some shockers in there. Like it's more about where he took them. Like Lockie Young in the third round, Chase Jones super early. He took Isaac Chug just for the lols because we were on the stream with him <laughs> as well. So. Cam, I'm I'm happy to let that one slide. Yeah, same actually. (laughs) I chug. (laughs) It's quite good. Uh, Psycho Oracle, the next one. So Archie from OTLS. Uh, His best pickup, I think round three. So pick 225 overall. Oscar McInerney to take a, you know, number one Ruckman at a side who was really coming home strongly uh, last year at Brisbane. I reckon that's a nice, sweet spot to take him. Worst pick for me was round 19. So 385 overall. Maurice Rioli. Now, obviously, it's your second and last pick. You can't worry too much, but- who cares? But <laughs> pick a guy who's might one might play or two, you know, might actually have some potential. I just don't see him being a keeper at all for you at any stage. So uh, not too sure about that one. Uh, yeah, I'd like. Uh, I think James Cousins um, was a good pick, maybe a little bit early at the time, but I think looking at the trial match now, I think it went two forty fifth overall. So I think that was quite a good pick. Um, I like the Liam Hen- uh, Liam Ryan, sorry, pick as well, especially as we'll play a rolling lockout this year. So um, he was taken on pretty late. So I think he can actually he's got a bit of potential to go big mm-hmm. uh, on his um, Hanbury at three or five. I don't think that's bad either. Like he, no, if he gets right. fit, he's fine. Um, but yeah, three four, like three, three quarters of like or three of the last four. So I reckon um, you may as well have just passed on and not picked at all. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> uh, DT Keeper League uh, next up. So Sam from here uh, that um, Twitter page. Uh, I reckon his best round ten. Cotton Butterick. Uh, so two ninety seven overall. I reckon that's a pretty late pickup for him. You know, may not be have a great year this year, but I think long term, I think it's a very very nice get. If you can keep him in your top twenty each year, yeah, I, yeah, I think so. But uh, I think worst round five, uh, two forty seven overall. Darcy McPherson. Just as what we talked about before, I just don't trust he's going to get any more midfield time. And if he does play, he's going to play that small forward role, which you know, probably isn't worth that uh, earlier pick. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, I think Tom Powell was his first pick. I think that's a good get, um, considering he had um, the, the pick. I think before him was McRae. So I think Powell. After, oh no, sorry. Yeah. Afterwards, yeah, sorry, McRae. Yeah, so I think that's a pretty good get. Um, yeah, and I think uh, Sicily. I think going forward, I thought that was a bit. I don't know. What do you think of the Sicily pick? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you pick up Sicily in the first round. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, Eli Smith uh, at two seventy seven. Like he looks like he'll play. So. I think that's uh, handy to um, get him there. Sorry, my PC uh, decides to tell me updates didn't update and then take me away from the screen um, I'm looking at. And then uh, Nank the Tank in the second round of the draft I think is a good get because he probably should have been a keeper who yeah. owned him last year. So. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. a, that's a really good pickup, Nank the Tank as yeah, well. Yeah, Cool. Uh, Southern Grizzlies, which is James. Uh, I reckon his best pick was round 17, so 368 overall, Max King. Super late for a guy who could really be anything, comes into his third year, uh, knows where the big sticks are. St. Kilda will improve. I reckon that's a pretty, pretty good late pick. His worst pick, round one, so 208 overall, Lockie Fogarty. Um, that's a big, big hype pick. Uh, yeah, can't at the time, that. it didn't look too bad, but it looks shit now. Nah, even at the time, it's too early for a guy who may not even yeah, be in their best side. Probably a bit too speculative on that one. Um, I think Heppel uh, was a good get in the second round and Greaves two in the third. And then you got Sear in the fourth as well. So I think that was all pretty good for what was else was available at the time. Um, 
I don't actually mind this draft. I think just Fogarty was probably the one that was a bit too early. I also think that Reese Stanley um, at pick 36, and I know that um, Steve from uh, Draft Doctors in agreement with him uh, in draft leagues, like single season draft leagues, he gets you around the 80 when he plays. Um, if you can get him like down at a 36th pick, which was 16th in the draft, which is 358 overall, that's a good get. You're going to get a guy who averages 80 and plays ruck mm. in a position that you kind of will need a back at one at some at stage. Some stage so, yeah. yeah, I don't mind that pick either. Uh, afternoon, Dow Light, which is uh, Doss's new team. I reckon he almost won the draft. I couldn't really argue with too many of his picks apart from his worst one, which was a glaring worst pick. Um, round three was his best. Braden Campbell to get in round three, so pick 222 overall. Uh, I think that's a genuine steal. His worst pick was round two, 212 overall, Jamara Hagen. Jeez, that's just a stinker. Genuine stinker. He can't keep him. You won't be keeping him next year, and that's just too Can I just early. Touch on that because we've ten teams keep twenty. You need, you're basically backing on a player to be in the top two hundred players of the next yeah. year. I just don't see him doing that. So no, what's like, the point? Taking he might him be there? a very, very he'll be a very good player at some stage. Yeah, but, but you can't keep him this all. year. You've is got to get rid of half your side. Keeping so. him this year is is silly. Yeah. But that was basically his worst pick for the whole – that was the only bad pick I reckon he had yeah. in the whole draft. I think getting Seb Ross in the sixth round, which is 252nd overall, is quite good. Considering now it looks like he'll play on the, the back line, we probably should, on the half-back line, we probably should have talked about it in the, in the uh, recaps because that's actually quite handy. And that's something I need to really reconsider now. Um, but I'm glad I get to watch him again this weekend to really make that uh, decision on my keepers. Andrew McPherson in the seventh looks like he's got a bit of game as well, so I think that's good. I really like the first seven picks except for Jamara. I just think that was way too early. And I think just picking up Franklin with your in uh, three pick 332nd, um, I think that's a steal because mm. like, you're not really giving up anything for him. And he, no. like, I know he's old, but he's got he's, – If he plays. If he plays. He's a gun. If he plays. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the great Bazinga, so Zane from OTLS, uh, his best pick, round 14, Matthew Flynn, uh, very astute at the time. I don't think Proust was injured at that stage. So, wow, um, to get uh, Remedy gut feel on yeah, that one. Yeah, he definitely had the remedy gut feel. Uh, Matty Flynn, uh, so 331 overall, that's a big steal. Worst pick, uh, round two, he took Sam Simpson at pick 211. Uh, still not convinced he's best 22 at Geelong, way too early on that pick for me. Yeah, I don't mean to be harsh on this one, but there's not a lot that I like in this draft. I think... Tanner Bruin in the sixth round, like which is 251 overall, I think that's fine. But there's just a lot of speculatives that might you have to wait another year. I just haven't shown enough fantasy game um, around. So, look, it's fine if you've got a good best 18 to start with. You can kind of pick a few to stash. But, yeah, I don't know how it's going to pan out with some of the speculative picks. That, so, we might be throwing a lot of them back in the pool and kind of wasted good potential to pick up someone who's actually going to be a genuine keeper. I don't know. And lastly, is Dom is good, which is Christian uh, best round nine. Ben McAvoy at pick 284, as we were touching before, could be a good get in a, in a draft late because if he does end up playing number one ruck all year, he's got back status too. Uh, pretty handy little floater, so uh, not the worst there. And round three, I think his worst was uh, Jamie Elliott, so pick 224. Look, I know forwards are scarce and it's probably not the worst, worst, but um, I just think you probably could have picked up a few more guys with a bit more upside than a, a you know, very, very meager kind of Jamie Elliott. I think the first six picks in this draft were actually um, quite good. I might just get them up on my screen here and go through them now. So that's for is Dom is good. That's the very last one. So uh, the first six in our draft was uh, Will Phillips, Luke Pedler, Jamie Elliott, Elliott, which is okay. Then Carl Amon, Shields, and Riccardi. And even Libertori played quite a few, um, got a few CBAs in the weekend. So I don't really mind those first six picks for where they're kind of drafted. Um, but yeah, so I think it's all right. I think also Luke Bruce um, at pick 17, which is 364th overall, could be a forward steal if the midfield time continues yeah, as well. So um, yeah, some good picks there for sure. 
All right. That's uh, it. Before we move into the listener questions, uh, we just want to talk about the uh, the membership options. So um, basically, um, do you want uh, all of our forward rankings, sorry, our forward midfielder, defender, and ruck rankings and uh, become a member today? Um, yeah, but if you enjoy the podcast, please consider becoming a member. Um, right now up there, we've got the rankings like we just uh, mentioned, but we've also got uh, the Breakout Tracker, which is a lot of people's favorite fantasy resource, um, the Draftee Fantasy Scores, and we'll also have projections coming up before round one, so the next couple of weeks. And I'm going to incorporate a model where it actually adjusts to um, the opposition that they're playing as well. So I won't just go on scoring history. It will depend on what that opposition is giving up um, to each team uh, throughout the year. So I'll incorporate it. So they'll be a little bit more accurate there, which is quite good, even though they were okay last year as well. Um, rank projections are a funny one because there's so many variables, but uh, you try to get them as best as you possibly can. And if the state leagues actually go ahead and uh, we can, because, you know, there might be restrictions in movement on the eastern states, who knows. Um, but, yeah, if they can actually go ahead um, and there's stats around, we will uh, provide the fantasy scores for all the uh, match players in the twos. So you can actually see who's on the fringe in your side and who could be good fantasy scorers when they actually play. So each week we read out some gold members. Kays, do you want to take it away today? Sure thing. Uh, first one, Nectar, Kanatselis, uh, Rory O'Brien, Jake Thresher, Zach Lang, and Paul Mune. Thank you, gentlemen. I think Rory O'Brien and Zach Lang are in the same league, I reckon. Rory, Rory O'Brien is a footy mate of ours, and I think Zach the Lang weapon. plays in that league as well. Mm. The weapon, so G'day, Wep, if you're listening. Um we got a podcast review. Hell yeah. May or may not be from one of our league mates. <laughs> from DT. May not. We'll go with may not. Yeah, may not. Pugs. Uh, he says they're Bonza. That's, uh, I've never heard him use that word before, but why not? Um, great pod with awesome analysis and banter. Premium resources for members, which are as good, if not better, than anywhere or anyone else. With no prospectus in 2021, a subscription to the Keep League pod is a must. We definitely didn't pay him to say that. But I we, do agree with that last And we statement. definitely won't be supplying beers for on the draft <laughs> night for him. For doing that, so uh, yeah. But if you want to give us a review, we'd really appreciate it. We actually, Kay, has got to sixtieth on the sports charts this wow, week, which really? is quite good for us. Yeah. yeah, and this is the first time ever that we have spent a whole week in the charts um, on Apple in the sports section. We're building. Hef. So we've actually spent seven days where we didn't drop out of the charts. Usually, you know, when the podcast comes out, we get somewhere in there and we drop out. Usually by two or three days. Wow. Later. We actually spent the whole week. In the chart. So that's Hell a milestone yeah. for us. So give yourself a pat on the back, mate. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening as yeah. well. So well thanks for listening. More really than anything. helpful for us, too. All right. Uh, let's move on to the listener questions. Okay, Kay's first question comes from at Ninja Spoon One, uh, a regular on the socials, and uh, yeah, we like his contributions to the show each week with his questions. Um, which players do you think are salary cap hype only and should be avoided slash slide down ranks in keeper leagues? Well, obviously, it's a lot of the younger guys who get the you know cash cow kind of hype. So I think uh, James Rowe um, will play his role at the Crows, but it's a small forward role. Um, Probably not really that relevant to a long-term keeper league, I don't think. Uh, Harrison Jones is another one. Has started pretty well for the Bombers this year. Will play early, but once again, uh, young key forward at a struggling side. No, thank you. Finlay McRae, you're paying for the name, but not the quality. Tommy Highmore um, probably plays that third tour at St. Kilda. Has some pretty decent scoring through the Nifu and Sandful, but um, probably not one you 
drafting as high as the hype is suggesting. Uh, Will Kelly is another one. We saw one game from him, I think, last year. Uh, I want a bit more and there will be a bit more hype because of his uh, price tag in the, the salary cap. So happy to let him slide a bit later down. But one I'm interested in. Uh, Phoenix Spicer, a small forward from North Melbourne. Got a nice little plug from uh, Froggy Jamont when he was on here. Might play, but uh, won't be that big scorer. Jacob Ware, the mature age recruit to the, um, the GWS Giants. Um, very, very handy player, but never really stood out as a, um, a big scorer in fantasy in the Sandful last year. So happy to let him slide. And Denver Granger Barras uh, probably will play early for Hawks. But once again, young, tall, key defender. No, thank you. All right. What's the next question, Kays? Uh At Toby B. Raman team. Is everybody sleeping on Willem Drew? Having a good preseason, inside mid with big underage and sandful numbers. Could crack into the 22 this year. Heaps of CBAs in the scratchy. Hef, you are the port guru. Yeah, we did talk about this earlier when we talked about him uh, from the, the, the trial match. Um, yeah, like, so I said, you got to remember that SPP was out and he pretty much played his role. So, um, like, and I did say there's a spot in the side with Ebert retiring, but... Um, yeah, I think they'll just play Fantasia up forward and move Butters into the midfield, and that's the way they'll kind of cover um, the loss of Ebert. Um, but, yeah, like, he's good depth. So, it's really for Porto that's a really good position to be in. Just, yeah, I'm not sure if he's best 22. There's also the injury factor. I think he had a foot injury that kept him out, and we know that those things can linger, and you've got to be mm. really careful with them as well. So, I just, don't like the, I just don't like the injury history as well there. Mm. All right, cool. At uh, Jamie NZ, uh, Will Brody, please tell me just one more time to not keep him. Okay, please don't keep him. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing this was going to touch on before with Will Brody is like Will Brody has no problems attacking, like, you know, getting get decent scores, finding the pill, doing that. The thing that he doesn't do well is run both ways and defend. Now, I didn't watch him super closely, but I, I didn't see it to be a lot different. Um, so that's the thing I worry. As soon as he kind of lacks off defensively, he's out of the side pretty quickly. So that's the thing I worry about. He basically has to take Hugh Greenwood's spot off him. Yeah, and he's the only guy that is a genuine switch, I think, for him. But uh, Greenwood's so good defensively. Yeah, so, so he's not yeah. going to do it. That's, the, that's right. the thing. Like yeah. He's not going to overtake Rao, uh, Anderson, Swallow, yeah. Miller. Like He's not taking their spots. So the only guy who potentially could is Greenwood. And the other option is he plays forward and then you don't want him. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, at DJ Brooks, at DJ4 Brooks, sorry. Uh, Jimmy Webster scored well in 2018 at 79, which was good for a D5, D6 back then. Uh, can he get back to that with Clark going into the midfield? Mm, I'm not that sure. Obviously, Patton's injury opens up a spot in that back line. I'm just not convinced that Clark moves into the midfield. I think after adding Brad Crouch to that side, you know, they've got such a stacked midfield anyway. Yes, he'll get some time in there, but not enough time for, for me to be super excited about Jimmy Webster. You know, it's interesting that they've been rolling Jack Sinclair and Seb Ross in that defense. And, you know, you've got Ben Long down there too who can play that role. So, um, I'm happy to let Jimmy Webster slide. I think there's a few more guys up the pecking order than him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, at Luke D. Hiscock, need to keep one of Blakey, Matt Kennedy or Dan Butler. Leaning towards Blakey, what do you guys think his average will be if he gets that wing on the ro- ro- gets that role on the wing? Uh, yeah, definitely get on the Blakey train for mine. Two, I'm two. Well, out of those two, you know, Dan Butler, he's Matt Kennedy good. could be handy. Matt he- Kennedy is not going to be a forward going forward though. That's and true. Be like an eighty average mid at best. Yeah, true. I think uh, Dan Butler. So what's Blakey going to average, mate? I reckon he's going to average. I'm going to say seventy-seven, which is going to be good for a forward. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm going to. I'm going to a real specific. Is that a prime number? No, that's yeah. fine. Seventy-seven. No, it's not. Eleven goes into it. Yeah. But anyway, but no idea. <laughs> I'm not great with maths. 
Probably still is somehow. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, all right. Kate, have you written an essay here with your notes? Well, anyway. just, it's a good question. Right. I think it deserves a good answer. Oh, it's this question. All right, mm. I want to read this out because I do have some things to say on this as well. Um, at Michael Berry DT, uh, can you go into runs and how to deal with them? So, do you follow the crowd or break away and take the value presenting in other positions, mm. likely ending up a bit shallow in the position where the run happens? Right. So this is my thought about it. So for those guys and girls who are listening who don't know what a run is, so basically it's a term used in drafts where coaches all of a sudden start drafting a particular position as they're all scared that all the good players will kind of run out. So, you know, for example, if Grundy and Gorn go early in the draft, which is going to happen, and then people start taking their captain options next, as they should. And then, but, then, goes. but then all of a sudden, someone takes Rob, and then people go, oh, I need to get a Ruckman, and then they take Wits, and then they take English, and then you get this massive run on Ruckman, right? Chain reaction. Yeah, so it's a chain reaction that flows on from them. Now, my kind of take is, especially if you're drafting a first-time keeper league, my strategy would be a bit different to a single-league draft because in a single league, sometimes you can't afford not to get involved in the run. But in a keeper league, I don't think it's as important, uh, especially as you don't keep every player that you draft. So if you take a long-term view, you might just be better off drafting the best player overall as opposed to missing out on a particular high positional best player. Overall, long term. You yeah, mean. exactly. So, for example, so if you were in a startup draft, you got to think about who's holding their position long term. So, say a forward run comes along, um, and you're going to be drafting a good. You want to be drafting, sorry, a good long term forward like a Toby Green, Dugowie, Jake Martin, guys who are young will probably be forwards for a while and are still good scorers. So, if that happens, you'd rather be drafting them than getting sucked into a a, a Crows, Tom Lynch, or Robbie Gray based on their age, or a Tom Phillips or a Kyle Langford based on the chance that their position is going to go. So, think about if you do jump on the run, run will this um, draft help my long term position? Because sometimes you can actually. Um, take someone who's going to be a long-term keeper in a mid, back or ruck instead of jumping on that forward run. So, just think about it. Yes, you'll need to obviously get some good players in your side, but just make, I think you'd always want to go, will this player be in that position for a long-term time and will they be good for a long time as well? It's quite a good answer from you there, Kays. Thank you. Kind of surprised. Well Thank done. you. <laughs> um, uh, I, I like to, if you can, like try to start the run. So you kind of look, oh, a player from this position hasn't gone in a while. Let's yeah. try to start picking a few of these and, you know, send a few sure. shivers up people's sign. Yeah. Because then, like, you know, it's kind of why – oh, sorry, I'll continue on that, though. But Because, like, yeah, if you start that, then the run starts and you can just go elsewhere and pick mm-hmm. value there. So um, I reckon you try to – if someone's if someone's neglecting a position, you kind of go hard at the other ones mm-hmm. try to start it, I guess, or yep. if your tit league is. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of why I always try to get one good mid, forward and back early. I just don't need to worry about runs because if a run happens, you just go somewhere else where it's not happening and start taking from there because you'll get better value in that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and with rucks as well especially, like – if the rucks where the runs usually start because there's not that many good ones, but you sort of think about it, you'll play one, you're probably likely to be in a league of 10. Yep. You're going to get one of the top 10. Yeah. Like, no, no one's going to take the second ruck until they filled out their team. And yeah. if they do, they're, they're silly. They're crazy. So, or very smart. Yeah. Or they just want to annoy you. <laughs> yeah. And then they're probably not in it to yeah. win it. Um, but yeah, so just, yeah, think about it like that. And I th- yeah, you're right. If you can shore up, you know, a position, a good long term position, each of those four spots, and then go from there. It's great because, yeah. you know, well, instead even, Rux, of, even Rux you can neglect though. Yeah. But even yeah. like instead of taking Lynch, Gray, Phillips, or Langford, yeah. and everyone's looking forwards, you could probably get, I don't know, like. Good nine average yeah, midfield at that could, time. Yeah, exactly. Like that, you could yeah. probably get, I don't know, Sam Walsh or someone like that while no one's looking. You know, a bad example. But you could get, <laughs> but you could get someone who's. 23, 24, who's got plenty of upside in a mid or a back. Yeah. And so I'd rather be trying to, yeah, 
not even too obsessed about the run. So, like, yeah, like if, if a defender run, a runs going on like later on, you could get someone like a Trent Dumont who will probably mm-hmm. average around the 90 mark or yeah. something like that. And That's, probably be a keeper yeah, as exactly. opposed to, I don't know. Yeah, going on someone like Stephen um, May or someone, or someone like Robbie like Gray. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, yeah Robbie Gray is like a great that. example. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at hope that helps. Uh, at Trav 014 was trying to keep JJ James Jordan under wraps. I think the game on the weekend blew his cover. Although still not quite sure he's best twenty two. What are your thoughts on him? Um, look, I know very little about him apart from that he got dropped to the rookie this year. I saw that, but looking at the early prospectus numbers, um, he was likened to Jared Pollock as a junior, which doesn't really fill me with that much confidence. Uh, he only averaged fifties and sixties. Uh, that was at the uh, NAB League, I think it was. Or was it State League? I can't remember. I was, what it was. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. But it, it stayed underage level, and I think he was 60 in the under age championships as well. So um, I'd want to see more before I consider him. Like, hmm. it's quite easy for a few people to stand, and especially because, Trav, I know that you're a Melbourne supporter <laughs> and he plays for Melbourne, so you're watching these guys closely. Um, but, Salary cap hype at this stage. Yeah, I wouldn't be considering him too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, at Hen MCI, um, he's definitely 2G4P, hashtag, but still relevant for long-term keeper list management. Do you think Callum Mills will have rotation in the back line to retain his defender status? Uh, I think he does. Um, really? So, yes, because I think it sounds like they're going to give a lot of backline responsibility to, to Braden Campbell and Will Gould, I think. So, I think if- Will Gould barely got a kick on the weekend, man. Yeah, so this is the thing. So, if they play- I don't think he's going to play. Well, if they play Mills as a midfielder, I think at times he's going to have to go back there and help them out. Yeah, I don't know. I think and Cam I can will. also see he might be able to take some kick-ins as well if he's that, you know, deeper defensive running midfielder. You know, Jake Lloyd will take some. I think I just, I think they're going to try Mills in the midfield, but if it doesn't work out, then I think he's going to be the one that goes back. Man, he looked good in the midfield for them. Like, yeah. He was actually really, really good. good. I, see, I see him playing middle, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I see Campbell going, like, filling He'll go well. back, but yeah. I still think that if there's one, if they need some help back there, it's going to be, it's going to be uh, Mills. I just don't think they do with Dawson and Lloyd. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, wait and see, but I I still think he might retain it just. Another question from Ninja Spoon here, Case. Mm. It is. uh, Thoughts on kicking man on the mark being further back impacted? So, especially for players who get that short 15-meter kick to a back pocket, may lose that plus six. So, obviously, you can run out further now with the new rule. Yep, I think so. Although, I did see it happen a few times over the weekend, especially with like GWS who just really struggled to move the ball quickly forward for some reason. Um, but, yeah, I think there will, there will be a lot more, like, plays on a get-along bomb, you know, down the wings and that sort of stuff because you can actually get it there now. Roy on um, the Traders podcast made a really good point that the uh, handball received from the marks and free kicks will probably stop. So, you know, you take a mark, give quick hands. Because the player has to stop still like a statue, you can kind of run off and almost, you know, if you get off the mark a little bit, you can run around them. So you probably might see that the handball received. So players that kind of rely on those, and that's those kind of overlap runners players, they might suffer a bit more as well. So just factor that in when you're watching this weekend and see if that does affect a few. Um, but yeah, like you also wonder how much like instinct takes over a player. You've been, you know, mm. you've been giving to the runner your whole life. It's, mm. it's probably not that hard to stop doing. It's probably hard yeah. to stop doing. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. Definitely pay attention this week though and see what happens for sure. Um, at Michael Berry DT, uh, Oscar Allen, any potential has made nice national na- natural progression and any chance of picking up Ruck DPP? Well, he's definitely a chance because Ultimate Footy have already given him the ruck for DPP. But long term, I don't think it's something you want to be banking on, especially if he takes over that key forward role uh, when Josh Kennedy retires. Uh, so this year, I think he's going to have a good chance of uh, AFL Fantasy giving him the ruck for DPP, um, especially if um, Nick Nat rucks one out. But um, I think long term, he's going to be a great key forward. Um, but I wouldn't bank on him being a, a ruck for DPP long term. 
Uh, at Time, Miller uh, wrote some great articles for DT Talk covering these matches, which I may have had a squiz at for a few, which I wasn't really sure. So nice. thank you for that. Uh, what's Core's role this year? Um, I have a feeling I could cut him and pick up better or similar easily enough. I uh, definitely have the feeling you could too. Um, I don't think he's a retained player just yet at this stage. Uh, I expect some good scoring from Aiden Core, um, and I firmly believe he's a good kick-in-taker option with Zebel and uh, McDonald. Look, there's not a lot of hype on him fantasy-wise uh, just yet, so potentially you can nab him cheap in uh, a draft. So more than cap- more, sorry, more than comfortable if you're putting him back in the pool, and I reckon you can get him mid-draft later on. Yeah, I think, yeah, with Core, like he kind of had a good start to last season and he seemed to be taking a lot of kick-outs. Um, I just don't see him doing that at North. Plus, he can, he's also prone to a bit of a lockdown role at times, isn't he? So, mm. yeah, uh, yeah, I reckon you could pick up someone as good in the draft. You don't really have to keep him. You could go a lot later in the draft and pick up someone quite similar, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, Caves, that's uh, it's a wrap of a monumental a show. That's uh, what does it say here? This is 94 minutes on the recording. I'll obviously edit some out, so that's not too bad. An hour and a half. Um, you've done worse before. <laughs> we have done worse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, keep League Pod uh, on Facebook, Twitter. And Instagram, keeperleaguepod.com.au. Links to everything will be below in the, uh, in the description. Make sure you watch the uh, the, the Paddy Dow video. Um, I'm going to replace actually the uh, the outro here with the Paddy Dow song. I reckon, oh, so. <laughs> when I get to the final edit, so enjoy listening to that one more time. There, case. Thanks, Thanks Hef. He's singing along and dancing the whole time. No. You should see he's going nuts in here. No. Settle down, Kay. No. Settle down, man. Come on, you're going to break something. All right, uh, that wraps it up for another week. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the real trial matches this weekend. Get excited. Enjoy your wedding, Kay. Oh, thank you. I'm not coming. I'm going to actually just watch for you. Hef's just going to sit at home. He's been uninv- <laughs> he uninvited himself just so he could watch football. That's how much he loves the pod. I'll be there. I'll catch him up on Sunday morning. It's fine. All good. See you, guys. See ya. Cray, cause he's never been beat And we never miss a doubt Thompson's also elite None of the guys doubt Patty Cause it wouldn't be right To leave a goat undrafted on a Saturday